welcome back to another exciting episode of Lost in Lieutenant. I'm your host Kevin, and on tonight's show, I'm joined by a fellow host, Nick. Good day, Nick. How's How you it doing? going? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> if we sound a little bit different, listeners, that is because we are recording. That's exactly what I what I was about to mention. Ah. Actually, um, the sound quality might sound a little bit different mm. uh, because right now, Kevin and I are sitting across a table. Face to face, recording an episode in person, staring into each other's eyes. I can't remember the last time that we did this because no. we've been working on um, Teams and Zoom and uh, Google Meets and oh, all the every difference. every online platform you can imagine. Um, I never want to hear the word Zoom ever again, unless yeah. it's like a Lionel Richie song. Um, and yeah, and, and sharing a beer together as well. So that's right because um, yeah. we're recording on uh, Friday. October 22nd, in, which in Melbourne is, will go down in history as Freedom Day. No, don't call it Freedom Day. <laughs> because, <laughs> because our lockdown, is, our longest lockdown in uh, in the world has finally world. ended. Yeah. So um, we're, we're able to go out and uh, go to other people's houses. Can't go to the shops still. Um, so the lockdown's not fully ended, but no. mostly. The, the, the main part is that I can, I can sit across the table and we can talk about toy soldiers while we drink a beer. Um, and not have to worry about crappy internet access. Exactly. So we we had um, planned on recording last night, but when the announcement was made, this all these changes were going to happen. We shifted a few things in the schedule, and then um, yeah, managed to f- squeeze in a few other things as well. So now here we are, Friday night, having a beer, love and life, love and life, chatting face to face. I still can't believe it. It's blowing me away. So it does feel like it's so long ago. I think it was twenty. 20- well, obviously, 2020 was the last time we recorded in person. I think it might be when we were around at Julian's place. And it was just when we were, like, talking about coronavirus as, like, the Rona, as before it became like, actually like, real thing. actual real thing. <laughs> we're like, oh, my God, you've got the Rona. And then, oh, that's so funny. And then lockdown happened. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah delighted delighted to, to, be, to be around and talking to you in person again. So, on tonight's show, we will be talking about the return of Frostbite to Season 13. Uh, we'll go into um, the changes, uh, what we think of the mission, also how you would um, play into a, at a tournament and build a list for it. Yeah. Uh, but as always, as far, at first we will check well, in. Well, I mean, we're also going to be talking about um, what we did last night. Oh, yes. Yeah, in did. a bit more detail than just a regular like um, rehash, which is the tag raid demo that's gone live on Tabletop Simulator. That's right. So... Um, by us recording Friday night means that we were freed up on Thursday night. So Kev and I sat down, um, first of all, just the two of us, and then with a couple of extra people uh, ring-ins to get four players going on the Tabletop Simulator Tag Raid uh, demo that um, that they've, they've published online. So uh, we'll be chatting about that as well. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will... Um... Um, we'll get we'll get through the, the usual bit, and then we'll 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 dedicate some time talking with Tagri because it was quite an interesting experience, and um, yeah, we're we're keen to share our thoughts on it, seeing as that Kickstarter is mere weeks away. Yeah, the well, uh, the next not uh, the th- well, let me get my calendar out. It's a Wednesday, isn't it? The third, third of November, third of I think. November, yeah. or maybe the second. So not this coming week, the week after. So when they, yeah, they said next Wednesday oh, yes. in the post. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess they meant the Wednesday after next. Oh, classic CB, <laughs> just confusing us. Yeah. Next Wednesday, the third. <laughs> um, let me just count these out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've run out of fingers. So <laughs> you can't be next week. Um, yeah. So, uh, what have you been uh, up to since we last uh, spoke, Nick? Since we last spoke, because um, I haven't really been playing on Tabletop Simulator, I haven't. 
uh, gotten any games in really, um, apart from that tag rate stuff uh, last night. So, um, but now that we're unlocked and ready to go, ready I'm, I'm going to be getting. I'm going to be getting back back into the swing of things of weekly mm. games once um, we've got word on when the our local venue is going to be hosting again. Right. Yeah. So I was really getting into um, axes and ales up in. Um, Formerly, Formbury or Preston, Formbury? one of the two. North, yep. Um, North Melbourne at the Bowls Club, and like when that was going, they were getting um, amazing turnouts of people turning up there. So I was really keen to be getting those games in on Wednesday nights, which I'm going to definitely pick up again. So yeah, whenever we find out, because at the moment in Melbourne we can we can game at each other's houses, but we can't go to a friendly local gaming store and, and play. That's right. So, so, but I mean, that's going to be that'll all uh, change in the, in the coming weeks as well. Anyway, so, yeah, yeah. Um, soon, exactly soon. TM. Mm. Um, what do you? What about yourself? I know you had a game earlier today. Yeah, um, I did actually. Uh, so uh, we are running a TTS uh, tournament, a four hundred point event called uh, Op- uh, Operation Cool Breeze. Um, hosted by our local Ben. So I had my second game this afternoon because I took the day off work to get a haircut um, because it's been 16 weeks since my last haircut. It's a, it's a good haircut. And it looks, I mean, to be fair, the, the barber did miss a bit at the back, but uh, I'm just going <laughs> to... He's had a practice. Yeah. See, yeah, he yeah. hasn't cut hair in such a long time. Look, it was 20 bucks. I'm not going <laughs> to... It's fine. It's fine. I'll just... It'll grow out. Um, and yeah, so... Um, Douglas, uh, a local in um, Melbourne, was matched up a, against me. Is he a new player? I'm not he, sure if I've met actually, him. He, apparently, he played in N2. Right. Um, uh, but he got out of the game for whatever reason, um, work and uh, other interests, I guess. And then recently, when I guess when N4 dropped, I think mm-hmm. he picked it back up again. So, yeah, so he's... Um, luckily enough, we were... We were um, Paired together because we do have a few internationals on the TTS tournament, but he actually lives out east, and so do I. So right, so it is a, it yeah. is a TTS tournament. It is a TTS tournament. So yes. by you playing face to face, does that disqualify the round? Or um, I just you just the TO the TO allowed it. He was he was more than happy for us to play face to face games. So um, yeah, so I hosted Douglas at my house this uh, this morning, and we threw down four hundred points of. Um, Dash at versus Vanilla Nomads. That's right. It's a 400 point tournament as well, isn't it? That's right. It is 400 points. So it's really, excuse me, burping all this beer. Uh, take it's really, really different. Um, it's really, it's a lot of fun though. It definitely changes the way you build lists. So uh, we played Panic Room. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, my Dash at versus his Nomads. And yeah, it was a super fun game. Was it round one? It was round two. Round two. Yeah, my first round was, um, I'll mention that quickly as well, that was um, Ollie from the UK, um, also known as Head Chime. So we played on TTS, um, his Vanilla Hack versus my Dash At, uh, in a custom mission which is based around the Data Cache um, Dire Fools mission. And, and that was a super fun game too. And actually, shout out to Ollie, he's a super, he's a top bloke and really enjoyed the game with him and um, have been chatting to him regularly on discord and and whatnot um just you know talking all things infinity but that was that was a that was a great game that um i won that first round um i think it was seven three really really close it came down to i think 10 to 15 points different because the idea of the mission was you had to dominate the exclusion zone okay and i had a magri regard and suppressive fire in the middle and it was his last turn and he walked to his Asriel APHMG around the corner. And I was like, well, I shouldn't be able to fight this. 
And um, it took him it took him three or four orders, but he did eventually put the Magnuma down. But because he ran out of orders, he didn't have enough then to really dominate the um, dominate the zone. So I think I still dominated the zone, but because he put my Maggie down, it was like a 10-point difference for most army points, which then made it a 7-3 win to me. And then today against Douglas, um, I won that one as well. It was, uh, went up, got up 10-1. Um, but honestly, after the first turn, I was like, this is going to go bad. Like, he went first. He he went first. Um, so his list roughly, just for... Um, uh, so people like to hear who's what list we're running. Him, his so, I mean, list. particularly at four hundred points, right? Yeah, you can't yeah. say in a four hundred point game, you can't say, "Oh, he was running a, a like a, a cutter list." It doesn't right? make. Well, yeah. what's that mean? You got an extra hundred points. So what else is in there that you're not going to be so, looking at? So. For, for our listeners, I will let them know what they what um, uh, Douglas was running. Um, so it's like I said, it's vanilla nomads, and I'm just going to roughly remember it in my head. It was um, a Kriza, a Sally. Uh, Billy and Jazz, an interventor lieutenant, Morlock, Jaguar, bounty, the eight point eight point bounty hunter, uh, Heckler with e no Heckler with fast panda, Baran Castro, something else oh Fiddler, uh, with uh, a couple of jackpots, okay. and I think that was it. Oh, and, and a missile bot, um, which. Will come into play later, and then my list was. Let me just bring it up so I can remember. It was also Fiddler with two jackpots and two um, two uh, Nazmats, uh, Hulang with Crazy Koala, who I'm loving by the way. That um, that's one of the reasons why I've been wanting to play uh, Dasha. Mm. Uh, I don't want to play Yu Jing because it's just too much for me to get into, but because Dasha is kind of partly hack. Um, it sort of made sense for me to, to try it out. So, yeah, I took a Hulang, a Luduan, two Gulams, one of them was a Lieutenant, Valera, Gromo's Hacker, Alpha Seed HRL, Doctor, a Doctor Gulam with Nazma, a 10 point Kumbiker who has a rifle like shotgun and EMCC weapon. So, you know, more expensive than the basic chain rifle variant. McMurrow. And then in group two was a Maggie, a Camille Evo Hacker, a Missile Bot, a Rafik sensor bot and a liberto with minus three mimetism so um that was i'll just give a really quick rundown of the game but douglas went first moved in with his moved into the panic room with his morlock and his bounty hunter and then moved his kriza into line of fire of my magri Bagard and my alpha seed and not only this, we were playing on a my table, which is um, uses lots of forests. So it's a forest table on the outside, and then I use the CB terrain to create a kind of outpost in the middle, if you can imagine that. Okay. So it's got the panic room from CB in the middle, with the um, buildings that you get in the wildfire starter around the outside, and then around the outside of that was a forest, was jungle terrain, and the idea of the the concept of the table was. If you can imagine a, an outpost that's in the middle of like a jungle of Paradiso. And this combined army have released Biotech Vore to kill everybody. And everyone's rushing to this panic room, you know, that's you know buried deep within this jungle. We'll, um, we'll put a photo of the table up on Discord as well. So, sure. Yes. Yes. Um, if, if Kev's um, my... description hasn't quite <laughs> cut it for you, then uh, 
you can have a look, check it out on, uh, on on the Discord there. So, and it's imp- it's kind of important as well. So, I did it as a purely aesthetic thing, but because they were on the, on the outside, um, you've got like this kind of almost a, a line of trees or on each flank. Where if you've got terrain zone, terrain skills, you can, you know, move up the flanks. Sure, and like because um, uh, you get the bonus speed. From yes, yeah, yeah, and because of you know the new the new changes, things with climbing plus and and bikes, you know, and all that sort of stuff, they get bonuses. So. Um, his his reserve is this Kreeza he put on a flank and then my reserve is my Maggie that I put on the same flank looking at the Kreeza and I was like hey, so he's got an HMG sure he's burst 5 but in order to see me he's going to have to walk through this forest and take a low vis sat zone so I'll drop him from burst 5 to burst 4 and he'll take a minus 3 to hit me and because I had the Alpha Seed also kind of double stacked as an ARO on yep. that I was like mm, it's not like I feel relatively confident sure. about that um, but anyway, six orders later, my ba- my Magruba guard was dead. Like, not, like, t- just dead. So an HMG with enough burst will eventually put a Magruba guard down, even though he was having to split burst two ways. And because um, because Lovez sat zones, or because the way sat zones work, even though he's burst five, he takes a minus one burst off every target he shoots. Yeah. So if he's burst five... So if he split... Right. If he wants to split the say, let's just say you do like three into my Maggie and two into my into the Kreeza, yep. that goes into two one. Right. So then his only option then was to do four into the Maggie and one into the Alpha Seed, which then goes down to three one because you sure. obviously can't drop more. So than you one. minimize the loss yeah. of shots. So and that felt kind of good to me, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't on great numbers. I was on like a ten or an eleven. No, I think I was on an eight with the Maggie and a seven with the Alpha Seed. But he was only on a ten. But either way. Crits happen, and uh, low armor rules also happen, and Maggie turned into... Uh, Six orders is a lot of orders. Though, it, it, it is, so it did it did hamper him for doing much else with the rest of the turn. But to take six orders for a Maggie is... For any tag, and especially because it's yeah. just an HMG. It's not like an AP HMG or anything like sure. that. It's just an HMG. From your armor, armor um, what, uh, 11 in cover, it's... It sucks, but hey ho. Anyway, um, so that happened. Then in my first turn, I took my entire first turn just to try to kill his Morlock and his um, bounty hunter biker that had got into the panic room. Okay. I threw I threw both of Fiddler's jackpots at them. I threw a Hulang, two Hulang crazy koalas at them, and I threw a Liberto at them, and none of them died. <laughs> none of them. Actually, I think eventually I did kill both of them. Uh, I had to eventually use Fiddler, um, had to come out of her little hidey hole mm-hmm. and shoot a contender at the bounty hunter, which put him down. And then finally, I think the jackpot, I think, got a shot off on the Morlock and eventually I killed it, but it died in return. So I wasn't feeling too good about that because it took most of my first turn to do that. And I um, all I had was Fiddler in the room um, and, a, and a dogged Liberto. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, well, he's got his tag right there. He's going to move in. He's just going to sweep me away. So his so I was at this point I was like, okay, so I've lost my tag and I've got the room and I've got it with a character, which is good, but I don't have much defense and I've like kind of wasted my first turn. So um Douglas responded well by um uh moving by moving up his heckler to spotlight uh put a panda out and spotlight McMurrow. Who I had moved up to the midfield, you know, for, with the idea of going, you know, a second turn, move into the room, spotlight, um, 
uh, McMorrow and then started dropping missiles on him. Now, of course, the good thing about McMorrow is he is totally immune. Sure. So he's being hit, but he's only being hit with one damage, 14 hit. And he is armor four. And he's also um, fizz 16. So he's dodging on pretty decent numbers. Um, and luckily, I don't know how this happened to the grace of whoever's up there. Um, McMurrow managed to survive four rounds of being shot at with uh, a missile. Right. Um, so that was lucky. Um, only lost one wound, didn't die. So I felt pretty good about that, but that was just luck, pure luck, I think. And then he moved his Sally into the room to try to get Fiddler, but again, through some just sheer luck on my, dumb luck on my, my side, he moved Sally too close, Fiddler dodged, bet all his shots, and then dodged into CC with the Sally. And of course, Fiddler's not a great CC specialist, but she is plus one burst with CC 18 and D charges. And he was like, oh, damn, what, what do I do now? So that felt okay. My my second turn was um, kill Sally with McMurrow. McMurrow managed to run into CC with Sally and then with the extra burst from Fiddler was able to put Sally down. And um, this is actually where I'm going to uh, talk about briefly about the monthly challenge that we have for mobility. So my Kumbiker, who was deployed on one of the flanks, the same flank where the Kreza was, on my first turn had managed to boost up through all the forests using the you know using the fact that he doesn't have to stop because of to- terrain toll and the extra movement because of um having terrain toll was able to get into cc with the kreza success okay. like successfully get into, into cc with the kreza now the kreza had was in suppressive fire but because the kumbiker has mimetism and i was moving through a low vis zone it's like a neg six to hit yeah okay so was able to like basically dodge into cc with the kreza and hold it up. I was then able to kill the Kreeza with the Kumbiker using the EMCC weapon, which is deadly on heavy infantry. Um, and then... Of course, con- AM against yeah. the HR. Yeah, definitely. And then, and then continue moving up the flank from the Kumbiker. And this is, I think this is where I think people, or at least I forget how far eight inches is on one single move or nine inches if you're in terrain. Yeah. Being able to go from the Kreeza move eight inches and get a line on, I think it was his heckler. Shoot that because he's got the rifle like shotgun. The 10, point, 10 point profile, yeah. rifle yeah. like shotgun, yeah. smoke grenades, pistol. Pistol, EMC, EMC, EM close combat. So we're able to move one order, go from the Kreeza to another point and see the back of a heckler, shoot that. And then go and spend another order and get from that point around the back to see his missile bot was like, Oh my god, like yeah. being able to do that in three, you know, in two orders, whereas, you know, anything else, even yeah. if you're moving six, wouldn't have had enough movement to get to those places. Rifle like shotgun, right? That's a, like, I love that combination. Mm. It's so prevalent in hack profiles. Yes, right, yeah, exactly. Um, but to be on something that's so, because when you usually take Kumbikers, you're usually you're on one of the five or six point versions, generally. Yeah, usually, yeah. It's either the so, light shotgun or the chain rifle. But then 10 points, right? Rifle like shotgun, you've got the mobility now with these rule changes. Mm-hmm. You can get cover now with these rule changes. Yes, you, you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be able to be that mobile and get to where you need to get to to be in good range, regardless of which gun you want to choose, um, 
and like they're not. I mean, it's not going to take out heavy, heavily armored stuff. But if you get in th- down someone's back line and take out some cheerleaders and yeah, like or things that don't have armor, like the remotes that you're shooting at. Yeah, you. yeah. So. I think one of the things that it really um, highlights is you know generally on those kind of profiles, warband profiles, because they have shotguns or chain rifles. For them to get into um, usable range bands, they have to spend extra orders to get there. And once they're in those range bands, they're usually in the same range bands as someone else's temple weapon. Right. Right. So, you know, I come around the car, hey, shocking you. Oh, well, I'll shock you back. Oh, yeah. shit. And it's a trade. Yeah. At least with the Kumbiker, I had the option. I've got the movement to get up close and personal with the shotgun if I want to, but I can also just sit back a bit further, leverage the range bands of the rifle and the mimetism to kind of stack. And, you know, three dice and elevens isn't bad. Mm. Um, so, and especially when you're also a dogged profile and you can just take a hit, keep going. It was was like was excellent. So, um, that was a cool highlight. Um, it kind of um, basically it sort of fell apart once for Douglas. Once um, McMurdo didn't didn't die from the uh, the missiles, and yeah. then how I was able then to take out the Sally in close combat, and then yeah, he he put up a, he put up a valiant fight. He tried moving in uh, Perseus and his other pieces into the into the room, but because I was going second, I think. Panic room going second is just so strong because you can see what's in there, you can clear it out, and then that's, and then that's it. That's game over. Yeah, yeah. You, just, you just get two points, two points, two points. I mean, to be fair, you get, what, three points, I think, at the end if you control it at the end. I think two points for killing more army points. So there is, it, it also is like end of game. If you can like hold out, you can still win. But it, it, it's a tough mission for people going second. Um, and yeah, like... I I thought I I thought I was in a pretty bad position at the end of my first turn, but just again dice rolls. Um, and I can't blame TTS dice this time. It's real real in person dice. Um, was able to was able to um, put me up. So um, yeah, thanks very much to Douglas for that game. First time I've met him. So yeah, lovely guy. So looking forward to playing him in person more often. Nice. Um, so you've got a note on the on the. Um the show notes here saying as well that you painted your biker I did yes so it's the same biker that I ran today with Mm -hmm. the uh, rifle light shotgun I have um, converted the old unicycle mono mono the old mono bike that's what we're talking about the old, I converted the old monobike Kumbiker <laughs> by, by removing the wheel and then putting on a flight stand so it looks like a jet bike. Oh my god, okay. So Because so, like, it makes sense, right? Because if, if they're going to be able to like fly through the trees you know, without having to bother about the terrain, then it, it, clearly it's a jet bike. Just, just, yeah, just get a, um, a Star Wars speeder yeah, bike. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. From, uh, from it's moving, Star Wars okay. Legion and yeah. just... It's so moving on a fifty-five mil basin, you'll be fine. It's right? moving nine inches, and uh, but what was what was hilarious is when I painted that figure. I mean, people are like, "Oh, it's they're so ugly looking," and I thought everyone's talking about the bike. Now, the bike, of course, is a weird aesthetic, but oh my god, the old CB sculpts, oh, the, with the those, rider, the, the heads, the, the heads, like what really is, alien? Yeah, it's like it's like um, they've really ramped up the anime aesthetic. Right, it's like just proportions. Proportions are out, off, off, and um, their eyes kind of wrap around their head almost. Like that's what's going on there. They reminded me. I think I mentioned in the chat. They remind me of Evil Dead, like the Deadites from the Evil Dead franchise, because they've got like they're just they're um, the way that they make them up in the in the movies is they're like I know their eyes are bigger, their faces are bigger. It's like they're wearing prosthetics, and that's what this girl looks like. 
Um, so yeah, she's she's not an attractive lady, but she is riding a jet bike now, so with flames. So are on you it. like are you doing anything? Are you keeping that that rider as is, or are you just gonna you do a head swap or anything? No, or no, no, no. That's no, no, as is now. I'm happy done. with it. Okay. It's my, this is now my this is gonna be my um, my authorized bounty hunter, but I was sure. using it today as a, as a coon biker because I just painted it. So um, yeah, that's 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 been it. Um, really, that was just the first face-to-face game in a while. So uh, really, yeah, really excited to play some more because I was getting kind of over TTS. The only real reason why I joined this 400.1 was because it was 400 points like, and I knew it could be a bit of a fuck around. Like I wasn't yeah. thinking too hard about it. Um, but like that's, you, but that's, the, that's the reason why I didn't join the tournament because mm. I didn't want to have to pay 400 point games because not, not that um, I don't, or maybe like I just didn't want to have to dedicate the brain capacity to have to spend that much time on TTS. To be honest, yeah, yeah, um, it does. It does do that to you. It's and because I haven't really like I played a lot of TTS last year, but this year I've just kind of fallen away from it. So yeah, it was um, what was it? I was playing with, when I was playing with Douglas. He was like, oh, um, I forgot my classifieds because you know just all these things. Because I actually thought when he says he's forgotten something, I was like, oh, you've forgotten your miniatures or something. Like because you you know just haven't played them yeah. like in real person in person for a while or your dice or something. Oh no, your dice will be there. They're just there on the table. Or, oh no, they're not. <laughs> so um, that was cool. That's good. Um, I've got um, the the bike that I've got to paint up because I have a biker that I need to paint, which is um, what's her name? The uh, oh, the bounty hunter. No, the Ariadna bike. Um, oh, Carmen. Carmen. Carmen and Batard. Carmen and Batard. Mm. Um, so I'm going to paint her up. That's going to be my next uh, little project. Um, so next time we speak, I'll be able to talk about my little painting project that I'm taking on with, with painting her up. And then I'm just going to proxy her as a authorized bounty hunter yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, um, it's the only model that I own that's on a bike because my main faction is Eugene and, um, we don't get bikes. Not, oh, for, not for a couple of years now. We haven't had bikes. Oh yes. Yes. I know. <laughs> that's one of the, the, the poor, poor, poor Eugene. Mm. I mean, they have, they have a Susan, but uh, that doesn't matter. It's not, you know? it's not the same. It's not the same. It's this, it doesn't have wheels. <laughs> it doesn't have wheels. I, w- I want to say something quick, quickly about the, um, about the game and about, um, the, the general change I feel so far about mim- giving mimetism to bikes. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's rad. Like it's, yeah? it's, it's so good. Like it's just, <laughs> like it's, yeah. Like I mean, obviously, I haven't been running them with with cover necessarily. Like, I like just getting using impetuous. Yes, but just having that um, that mimetism, mm. it it just like even even against um, uh, Douglas today, the bounty hunter here I was shooting at wasn't in cover, but the mimetism is just enough to like it just enough sometimes just to knock like two successes down to one success. Yeah, and then all they need to do is tank one armor save, which Douglas did a lot of times. Um, it's fine, you know, and um, I can't say, yeah, I, I'm, I don't think it should necessarily become a permanent rule because then you'd have to redo all the, like the pricing for all the different biker units. And that's the thing, right? Because there's bikes already that have mimetism. Exactly. Yeah. So, they so they're, they're not getting an advantage out of this rule. No, no, not at all. So yeah. So these like five, 10 point coon bikers or desperados or mavericks or whatever, holy dooly. Yeah. Like that mimetism, primo. And that's one thing that um, in our, you know, one of the chats that we're in, what um, Gav mentioned to me the other day as well, was that um, uh, TAC are in a pretty good position at the yeah. moment with yeah. their access to, to decent bikes now that the bikes have had these upgrades. So um, maybe I will dust off my, my TAC, which I, I finished painting. I painted the whole force 
um, myself, whereas my usually I've had uh, commission painted. Um, I've painted the tack up all myself, and then I've literally played one game with them on like in in person. Yeah, I think um, the Daniels are good. The Mavericks as well um, mm-hmm. are really good in USR Adna because they've got MSV one as well. That's an nice. AP Spitfire. Yeah. So MS still like up downs. And they're not, oh, is it MSV1? Yeah, they've got MSV1, right? It's not just six cents they've got. Pretty sure. Or am I talking at my a hole? We can check, but. Um, um, no, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, no, they do. Yeah, MSV1. Yeah, MSV1, that's all right. With an AP Spitfire. Real good. Mm. Yeah, but. Um, no, keen to. Because I've never really run, run bikes before. So, like, the only time I've used a bike, actually, the only time I've ever used a bike was. Uh, when we had a, it was at CanCon mm-hmm. and, uh, I was using a tag and there was a mission with Panoplies. Oh yeah. And my oh. tag <laughs> got a motorbike. Wasn't a Sujan? Oh, oh, that's right. Sorry. It was a Sujan. Sujan, got, Sujan the got the tag. got the yes. motorbike out of yes. the, um, out of the Panoply. So, yeah. um, I was riding, riding around in combat form on, combat form, on a motorbike. On a motorbike. <laughs> Going ridiculous. Just being, so, being, a, being a crazy fool. Um, you just said something that reminded me of something I was going to mention as well about it, um, but I have forgotten. There was something about bikes and how they're... Oh, uh, bikes were never bad either, I want to say. Like, sure. I always liked bikes. I was like, you know, I like the idea of bikes. I think they're cool. And then four, they've gotten a, a buff because they're just a bit easier to maneuver. But I think the reason why people didn't take them was because they were... It's really to do with the silhouette, I think. It's, like, it's big. It's, it's being able to maneuver that around a table... Or put it somewhere on the table. Because if you... I remember running a hack list that had like six coon bikers in it. And I'm like, well, of, half of these... Of real estate. Half of these are going to die before I've even gotten to use them because... Bikes go prone? No. Okay. And they can't climb ladders and they can't they can, they can do a lot of things. So if they're sitting out there where they're swinging their dicks in the wind, then they're just going to get shot. So you might take one, but then sometimes, because most of the bikers are kind of like warbands, they might do something, but they might just do nothing mm. either. So... But that's um, another reason why you so often would just take the dirt cheap one because yeah. you don't care if it does die. But now, when they also can take advantage of cover potentially mm-hmm. if you want, or and then they get the mimetism, mimetism as well. It's just yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth can be worth spending a few extra points. A few extra points on them. I'm not, I'm not saying the Kumbiker is something I necessarily would run on 300 points, but 400 points. I'm like, well, you got why, the, you got why the money not? There. You got the yeah. cash. Yeah. All right. So, where if, did you have anything else you wanted to mention about recent games and hobbies? No. Nah. Cool. All right, we'll get stuck into the some news. Um, so just a reminder, everybody, we have got the Vostok charity raffle that is running until the end of the month. So I guess by the time this comes out, you'll have about a week left to donate. We're about halfway through our funding goal. So we've, we've broken $500 at the moment. So thanks to everyone who's donated to Lifeline. Um, My mum donated 100 bucks. Yeah, 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 right? <laughs> so... That's it. Get, get, get your mums involved. Well, like, if you don't if you don't want the Vostok personally, think about think about the charity. Exactly. It's, and it's a, it's a great it's a great cause, um, particularly at the moment where a lot of people are doing it tough. So mm. I shared the post on my personal Facebook and in like my family group chat. Yeah. And yeah, my mum donated hundred bucks. So so good. So who knows? Maybe my mum is going to end up with uh, Vostok sitting on a shelf yeah, yeah, people, think about that. <laughs> yeah, so just so that my mum does not win this raffle, yeah. buy a raffle ticket. Buy a raffle ticket. They're only $5 per, per ticket. Um, it's painted by Julian. It looks really good. There's even a little secret little message underneath it. It'll probably be, I don't know, a swear word. Um, 
But yeah, the uh, we'll chuck up the link in the show notes as we always do, um, and you can you can donate through the Lifeline page. We used to have a PayPal thing, but we we've stopped that now because we don't want to be accused of like taking your money. So please use the Lifeline link. And what else have we got? Um, oh, and then um, I guess we just talked briefly about the recent releases. So sure, there's not been much, but we did get Sora Kwon has been added to Army. So she's in Yujing and White Banner. Yeah. Um, mediocre <laughs> is yeah. the is the general response, yeah. right? Um, yeah. As a Yujing player, and I've been playing White Banner since they came out mm-hmm. almost exclusively. Um, I don't run Jujacks. And they're also terrible. No, no sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I didn't finish that sentence before I started laughing. No, they're actually they're fantastic, but their their link options are shit. That's right. They're, they're rubbish. They like exactly. So they're they're not they're not a bad profile and I code one, I run Jujacks. Oh, they're amazing in but code one. Yeah. And four, um, in and particularly in I mean, I haven't written vanilla lists in a in a long, long time, so I haven't looked at them over there, but maybe. Um but when I've only got one when I yeah, when I don't have the points to spend on mediocre heavy infantry, mm. um, the way that I build my uh, white banner lists is focused around a lot of um skirmishes and um like a castle core link mm. sort of thing. Um, and you don't make a castle out of mediocre heavy infantry. You make it out of cheap shit and one real good dude. Yeah, and unfortunately, good, that's the way. It and the real plays. good dude is the um, Shang G yep. with the APHMG, right? So um, to have to swap that out for Jujax, it's just it's just not it's, it's just a, not it's, there. It's a no for me. Um, yeah, I've I have I've warmed up to the to the Jujax models. I didn't. I don't like the one that comes in. Um, oh, Carlstrom. Carlstrom. Oh really? Um, yeah, I think it's. He's just, a little bit. He's not doing. It's not doing. Yeah, it. true. He's just kind of opening up with his um, flamethrower. I like the Sora Quan sculpt. Yes. Um, I really like the look of the helmet. I like the um, the pose is real dynamic. Any time that anyone's doing any sort of like military hand gestures just gets me right i mean listen to our last episode we were talking about the uh, saladin who you know, looked like he was a quarterback <laughs> or he's just he's counting standing there holding his hands <laughs> well like, he's like what, what am i supposed to do with my hands uh, uh, whereas this she's like obviously no, in a combat up. zone right she's got yeah. the hand up in, in the fist it's like telling her link team to stop moving mm-hmm. um it's a re- i do think it's a really cool model um but the profile is just so Meh, and it's like it doesn't really. It's got a couple things going for it, but then like nothing stand, nothing really stands out. Listen, it's all fourteen's nice. It's great, but then you got a shock marksman rifle or a combi rifle with shock. Um, damage fourteen plus one damage, I think. Oh yeah, please attack plus one damage. So yeah, I mean that's a little bit better, but still, she just doesn't have a space in my force because she doesn't have a link team that I can put her in mm. because I'm not taking other jujacks to support her no and i think uh, i think cb know this because they released a little article that explained a bit more about her and in the article and it's hilarious because they're like because they say yeah so we didn't make so Kwan, you know t- you know as a kind of cool buff to the army it was more of a like a lore thing and uh you know we actually expect you to use her as a proxy <laughs> 
Did they actually say that? <laughs> they said something like, they said something like, oh, you know, she also looks generic enough that you could just use her as any other Jujak. That's true. And I'm like, all right, so just cards on the table then see mm-hmm. me. Like, this is, you know this is the trash profile, but the model's nice, so people will buy it and then proxy it as something else. <laughs> so maybe they might use it, because in... Um, not white banner, white company. Yes. The link, the link options for Jujax there are way more appealing. Really? They, yeah, you can have them as an actual link, I think. Or they can join more cool stuff like Kaplan's and uh, Orcs and Bolts or whatever the hell it is. Um, so, But you can't have Solar Quan in that one. So I guess you could buy her and use her in white company and, yeah. and, and proxy her as a normal Jujax. Yeah, I've just brought up the white banner, sorry, mm. white company. Mm. Um, and Jujax can be part of Kaplan's or Orc. True. Yeah, which is cool because you, it gives you right. some flexibility and some, like, you know, orcs are very vanilla heavy infantry. They're very good at shooting, but then Jujaks all have heavy flamethrowers, which is a nice... And they have engineers and they've got firewalls and they're quite versatile. So you can't use Sora Kwan in no. white, white <laughs> company, but you might get the model yeah. to proxy her <laughs> as a Jujak. Yes. In, okay. And then Just arm. so we're clear. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So thanks for uh, thanks. For, if you want to check it out, it's on the website. Uh, they they wrote a little um, lore piece about her, which is actually quite good. And then the uh, other bit, which is more of a joke um, about how she sounds. The, sa- the name sounds like someone who works at CB. Yeah, but that's just a coincidence, right? Yeah, it's just it's a pointless article, but I it's a bit of fun. It amused me, but I mean, like <laughs> the the Yujing forums, which are known for their levels. <laughs> ridiculously high levels of salt um it's like the yeah the 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 dead sea goes to the yujing forums to top up on its salt kind of thing um i'm yeah. Sh- like yeah i'm sure they're just going nuts <laughs> going nuts about, how dare they make yeah. fun of us yeah um so uh also released or i guess updated i don't think we talked about this in the last episode but we have gotten a painted bear painted painted um misha what they called now? The uh, Polaris the team. Polaris, Polaris, Polaris team. Polaris team. Yeah, and I have to say, it looks much better painted. I think so as well. Yeah, I didn't. I kind of. I will always kind of hold judgment um, until I've seen the painted, mm-hmm. the painted one, because I, like my brain just doesn't. When I see the, particularly if it's just renders, when my brain looks at that, I'm like, it's just a computer generated image. I have no comparison as to what that's going to look like. And so many times it's happened where there's been a render that looks great and then you see the model and it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's what that looks like. Or the yeah. other way around where it's like the, the render looks amazing and then... Uh, it's all down to the, the paint. the other way, sorry, yeah. It's all down to the paint job. And then I look at the paint job and I'm going, well, I wish they paint it like really badly so that at least I know what mine will look like. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's okay. I could, I could do that justice. Um, yeah, so that's, that's 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 really cool. I like. Um, I really like that bear now. Um, and then before we get, we, we won't talk about tagline just yet. We'll just um, run through the the challenges, and then we'll come back. We'll circle back to that. That's okay. So uh, we got upcoming events. So there's actually no real events on around Melbourne because we've just opened up. But hopefully Brisbane will be running the Brisbane Open on the sixth and seventh of November. I don't think any of, us, any of us from here will be allowed to be in Queensland I mean, by this, then. This is a shout out for anyone who's already in Queensland yeah, right now. Yeah, this is a, yeah, unfortunately. Right. Oh, actually, no, people from New South Wales should be able to go to Brisbane by then. You reckon? I don't know. I don't know. No, it's up to what they want to do. But anyway, either way, it's on the 6th and, 6th and 7th of November, and it is being hosted by the guys at the Transmission Matrix podcast. So if you want to know more information about that, head on over to their Facebook page or hit up one of the hosts. Or hit us up and we'll share you the link on Facebook. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, it's a shame I won't be able to go because uh, the swag bag looks cool and the venue looks cool and those guys are lovely. So 
at um, some other time, maybe. Um, October challenge. Well, you touched um, on that a bit before. I did, with, yes, during so. during my uh, talk about Coom bikers. But just as a reminder, until the end of the month, we are running the Need for Speed challenge, where you uh, we'd like you to write a battle report or essay um, about your experience of using mobility in your games. So. Uh, perfect opportunity right now in ITS 13 with bikes, 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 but also things like tags and remotes or anything with movement skills, terrain skills, dodge bonuses, because actually that's another thing. cool thing about the game that I played recently, or also the one I played against Ollie, is we've already talked about how good dodging in the active is, how much how much more sure. dynamic that makes the game. But when you have like a, a unit, a bike, for example, that dodges four inches, do they generally have yeah like they plus generally all have plus two inches, inches, inches to the dodge sure. it just it covers so much ground and in missions like panic room where you can get to a corner of, a, of the panic room and then dodge into a building without generating any arrows except maybe hacking ones it's fucking so good it's great um, and I've been doing that a lot lately with things like the Hulang who are only Fizz 12 but they do also dodge four inches being able to kind of maneuver these these pieces that need to get close um, and do it safely is um, is super good. So uh, things like that, uh, guys. Um, yeah, writing stories about that. And at the end of the month, we will draw a random winner who will win a bluster of their choice from the guys at Toy Soldier Imports. Yeah, and then we've also got those uh, Lost Lieutenant badges that we're giving away. I do. Oh, I brought some. You with brought me. some. Let me see. Uh, not that. Not that that's this makes good. great radio, by the way. I know. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh yeah, give me one. I'll. Um, is there Velcro on it on the back? No, okay, that's no. right. Here, this is, a, this is Velcro. It's got Velcro on there. That's for our listeners. I'll put that on my case right now. Excellent. This is the smooth side. Um, yeah, so we've got 100 of those. So um, uh, anyone, uh, I think Nick, you mentioned it in the last episode, but in addition to the random winner, anyone anyone who writes in a story that we particularly like or we shout out on the show, we will also send a patch to you for your effort. Um, because we don't judge on effort here, we just judge on participation, but we will, um, for those who put in the extra effort, they will receive a patch. So hopefully that, it. Uh, that helps too. And then... We've got our bigger quarterly yes. challenge do you want to well. Do, do, yeah, do the, the get, a, get a Done challenge. And this is fairly, um, uh, I guess, open in terms of what it is you want to do, but basically set yourself a goal and get it done by the end of the year. That's it. Um, finish it off. Uh, can be a small project. Something, uh, something, something bigger if you want. But the idea is you want you want this to be achievable, so you can actually finish it off, right? Because it's good to it's good to set goals and it's good to hmm. to, to finish things. Um, do, you, do you have anything you, you're doing for it? Carmen and Batar. Okay, you go. You've, you've set yourself a goal. That's just right. have to do it exactly. Yeah. So I might finish it next week, but it's going to be done by the end of the year. That's fine. Um, and uh, oh, I've also got. Um, the uh, I mean, you're doing two the, models, which is actually twice as many models as some people who have entered the competition. That's true. I've said they're going to do. So, that's true. Uh, but no, no judgment. People are slow painters. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not. I'm like oh, you I'm, like the I only speed paint. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so maybe whenever we've had those hobby nights mm. and every like everyone's like, yeah, I did like this leg of this model. <laughs> I'm like I just finished six models. <laughs> 
in the past two hours and got unbelievably drunk. So maybe that should be your uh, your challenge for the end of the year. Is maybe try to just just oh, to just slow to down. Only paint Carmen's face. <laughs> you have until the end of the year just to do her face, but really, really well. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the other thing. Well, actually, something I would actually I'll bring this up in a second after we finish on this bit. Yeah. Um. The um. Yeah. So whatever it is, set yourself a uh, set yourself a target. Um. And uh, yeah. Go from there. And then the price for that is going to be a box. A box set. A small box so, set. Small um, box. Just um, the regular size boxes. Regular size boxes. I don't think it, in, I don't think it includes a tag box. I don't know. I actually haven't. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't, don't, don't take the piss. Uh, I guess is what we're trying to say. Yeah. Um, um, but right. yeah, sorry. What I wanted to mention there as well, as you, you mentioned that like I need to not paint as quickly. Mm. Um, the, uh, that, uh, Kickstarter that I was telling that I backed a couple of the other oh Duncan Rhodes the Duncan Rhodes mm. um, two thin coats um, paint range um, there the uh, what's it called backer kit pledge manager uh-huh. is now open it's going to be open for two weeks so if you want to get in on it you can still do that and um, so once my paints and this they're still on track to deliver in January right I'm so, keen how many paints is it in total uh that's a good question. I should probably know the answer to that. Yeah. It's like 60. I yeah, think. that sounds about right. Yeah. 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 And are they dropper balls? Like yes. The, yeah, right. Cool. Yeah. I would like I would like them. I would I just cuz mm, so we uh, I ran a little impromptu hobby night uh, last weekend cuz I was a bit feeling a bit sad and lonely in lockdown. So a, a couple of people jumped on and we we had a little painting painting night. And uh, one of the things I realized is of of um th- since contrast paints have come out I've been kind of crutching on them because they're yeah. just so easy. But they kind of also limit your ability to do certain types of work on a on a model because they you know you can't do certain things. So um, I think one of the challenges I want to set myself is to kind of go back to the normal painting like Vallejo type paint sets and try and try and get that skill back up there because yeah, constantly yeah. I'm like contrast paint, yay! And then I'm like, oh, actually, I want to do like some blending or glazing, or I'm like, oh, I've already used contrast paints as my color bringing another an enemy yeah. um, so I would like to go and then interacting and, back with that and I'm kind yeah. of at the same stage where I've when I, since I've started painting myself again mm. in the past 18 months yeah um, and using contrast as my gateway into that space getting to a level where I'm confident with what I'm doing with the brush and, and all that sort of thing I'm happy with the results I get using the contrast don't get me wrong but I'm ready to take the next stage and to do that I need to get paints that are not contrast paints yeah so yeah i've just got it in front of me here it is um 54 colors and six washes as well oh um, washes too that's with, like cool it's also got metallics in there um and so yeah check it out check it out check it out all right so we will get into talking about tag raid yeah definitely we might have a bit of a just a quick break yes that's how we uh, break and then we'll do tag raid break tag 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 raid tag raid Okay, and we're back. So we're going to spend a little bit of time now and uh, talking about the Tag Raid demo yeah. that is available on TTS for you all to enjoy. That's right. So last night, um, Kev and I jumped on the uh, the old TT Tabletop Simulator, loaded up the uh, the mod that you can download. Super easy to download, right? Mm. Just go to the workshop, search Tag Raid. It's an official one. It's like there's one, a Spanish one and an English one. Click which one you want. It loads up and then you just open it like you would when you load up uh, Game of Infinity on Tabletop Simulator. Um, or if you're not familiar with that, it's not difficult to figure out, right? 
Um, so yeah. it took me a little bit of time to realize that it wasn't on Steam. I had to like Google it. I ended up just going, I couldn't find it. So I just went um, Steam Tigrade demo and so, entered on Google and it came up with the, the link I could oh, really? to subscribe to it via the browser and then it just appeared in my Steam. Okay. Yeah, because I couldn't figure out how to navigate the Steam oh, app. Yeah, so I, I just did it in Steam because I just remembered from when I installed the Infinity app or like the different uh, map packs that people have put up there. Ah, okay. How to find them when, in the workshop. Um, alternatively, on the uh, CB website, there's a link that you can follow and it'll give you instructions on how to do it as well. So, right, yeah. Um, first off, I just wanted to say like, it's uh, the demo, what they've put together is, I was really, really impressed with the quality of the finish on everything inside the TTS demo. So if you played games of Infinity on, t- on Tabletop Simulator, um, you'll know that the, the miniatures or the standees you use for minis are generally the sculpt, the, the, um, they use the studio paint jobs. Um, this is the same with Tag Raid. But rather than it just being the flat image like you generally use in Tabletop Simulator, they've actually taken 3D photos from all angles so that it, you can you can see it and rotate the miniature itself and it shows you what angle, the different angles that you're looking at it rather than just straight on from the, from the studio pick. Yeah, it looks um, really, really good. Yeah, it looks amazing. And like all the assets that, that they've uploaded into there are just like spot on. It's a really clean, really professional finish. I was, when, the first time I loaded it up and had a bit of a look around inside of it, that was the first thing that I took away. It was like, they put a lot of effort into making this as close as possible to your real life game experience as they possibly can. Yeah, they've done a really, really good job of, yeah, porting porting this demo into TTS and it, it it's yeah very very high quality. They're they're getting really good at these three uh, D renders. And I guess maybe if it weren't for the pandemic, we would never have had these uh, this tool. Well, that's right. I yeah. mean, and then um, uh, Carlos has t- Bostri has talked about it when he came on with us as well um, on our fiftieth episode. Mm. Um, what, talking about how the at the adoption of the from the community of tabletop simulator, they didn't know what direction that meant it was going to go in. All right, does that mean if, if people start playing on TTS, does that mean that people stop buying your miniatures? Is the worry for the miniature company? That's right. Yeah, but it's kind of it's. I think more so it's had the opposite effect in and this, we've talked about this before in keeping the community alive and giving access to people to actually play the game and get into it. So to then for them to then really go sort of 100% into backing Tabletop Simulator by porting, by producing this demo and putting it up there, um, I think it's a great move um, to get people interested in this um, Kickstarter. Because for me personally, and I've talked about this before in previous episodes, it doesn't really appeal to me as a no, game, right? I'm like very much been on the fence as to whether or not I would want to put my money down to back this Kickstarter because I just I, I don't have and I mean it, maybe it's also just comes down to the point in my life that I am right now I don't have the capacity to have to play multiple games right if I want to if I'm playing a game if I'm going on Wednesday night I want to play a game of Infinity um, and getting something like Tag Raid is going to uh, it's not going to complement that it's going to substitute that exactly um, for me but Playing the demo on Tabletop Simulator, I am now closer than I ever have been before <laughs> to being on the yes camp. 
um, because I had a great time. I really had such a fun time playing that, playing on Tabletop Simulator. So just to give you guys a rundown of what we did, um, Kev and I jumped on initially. Uh, neither of us had played before. We didn't know what we were doing. I, to be honest, had not even read any of the rules before loading up with, with you to begin with. Did you watch the, the online no. demo? No. <laughs> um, I didn't watch the demo. I was going in completely blind. Um, but it's so the game itself is so similar to Infinity in how it works and how it plays. Even probably closer to it's 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 a I'd even call it a dumbed down version of Code One. Yeah. In in terms of how the rule set works for what you can well, do. Just less things you can do. Exactly. Because yeah. it's Code One with less things to do. Yeah. Move, um, shoot, dodge. So, yeah, imagine code one, uh, but everyone is a tag and everyone's got two orders. And that's basically what you're playing. That's right. Um, and we loaded it up, played around with the two of us for a little while, um, got to the end of our little two-player session, mm-hmm. realizing that we should have had the Mega Beast in play the whole time, <laughs> but we yeah. had never brought it on the table. And then it was like, after playing mm-hmm. for an hour, we're like, hey, how do we actually, you know, interact with the Mega Beast? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and you looked through all the cards and it was like, there's no card here that yeah. says Mega Beast. And then we looked at the rules and we're like, oh, if the card's got an if, arrow on it. If it's got the symbol on it, that means that when that card comes into play, so does the Mega Beast. Yeah. So that would have probably changed things for us to begin with a little bit. But I think it was Massive, good that we yeah. played without that just so that we could get our head around the basics of the rules. Actually, you're right. Yes. Uh, because then after we played for about an hour, we got another, we put a shout out on one of our group chats, got another couple of guys to jump in with us. Um, so that, shout out to uh, to Ben Wanocott and, uh, and Hugh, Hugh uh, who jumped on to um, help us out and uh, be our players three and four. And then once we started playing four player, we figured out how the... The biggest leap from there, once we started using the Mega Beast, was to actually figure out what the fuck was going on yeah. um, with that and how that worked. With the Mega Beast, But yeah. once we got our heads around that, it was it was super fun. Yeah, it was it was really fun. I, I couldn't help but shake the feeling that it was... It says, like, it's tag deathmatch, right? And sure. it, it, it did... It felt like a deathmatch. It felt like the old school, you know... Like you're four, playing Quake. Yeah, right? four people running around a map, picking up loot boxes, shooting... Oh, I fucking got a rifle. Oh, I've got an EM cannon. Yep. And you're just, like, blasting people. And at first I thought, this is going to be boring. All we're doing is walking around and shooting each other. But then you're like, well, that's what a deathmatch is. And then... That's true. And the Mega Beast really adds an extra dimension to that game. And it makes it way more interesting yeah so uh, it's a, it, yeah. it's adding in a um like a, a genuine threatening pve component mm. to what is primarily a pvp game yeah right so you can um work together to uh take out the mega beast with everybody else that's playing but then also you've got a when when it's your active turn you want to put you you can kind of manipulate the the mega beast ai to the disadvantage of the other people you're playing with as well, so that they also have to deal with it. Kind of that's thing. right. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things I I, I realized later on in the game, and I think that it definitely or some other play, and it reminded me of when I was playing um, Mantics: The Walking Dead, in that you can they have zombies in the middle or zombies that roam around the map, and they're obviously they don't have they just attack anything they see, but you can use their AI to push them in the direction of your enemy to to help them, and the Mega Beast is a very similar mechanic where where I didn't really think about it. I was like, I'm going to stab the Mega Beast because I want his blood, whatever the thing that pops out of him when you do a wound to him. 
And I was like, yeah. But of course, when I did that, he you, turns you, to face that's me. That's right. So and he faces away from you. You, you <laughs> positioned yourself yeah. in between the mega beast and the edge of the table. Yes. So it was facing towards the edge of the table, whereas yeah. all of us, because it was facing you in that direction, we were all behind it, we were out off, of its yeah. line of its side. It didn't care about you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. were able, we were free agents. Yes. Just punching each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and while the kids over there <laughs> tanking this gigantic worm. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. I, I, I liked I liked that interaction. And I, I also really liked the way again kind of in the in the way the deathmatch and keeping things speedy is there's all these loot boxes on the on the ground that you can pick up and but unlike in Infinity where you have to walk up and pass a whip check to like open the box, if you just walk over it and as long as you end your movement on it or touching it you immediately get whatever's in it and you can immediately use it in your second short skill. That's right. So, so if you, you equip you pick it up, pick up yeah. an item, equip it straight away, you get the you get a rifle, you get extra armor, you, there's yeah. an order there's a uh, item in there that gives you an extra order. Yes. Um, and you can use it immediately from the point in which you picked it up. That's right. So it just allows you to be like, I'm gonna run and shoot you. Oh wait, I've got a rifle. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna shoot you now. Yeah. And so like that really streams streamlines the play yeah. in that you're not having to you're not faffing around at all it's like you're not wasting half of your half of your order or half of your first half of one of your orders raiding a box you're immediately using it which is yeah really great and that like that and um that type of uh implementation of that really just cuts away any fat yes it doesn't have much fat hanging on at all it's it is and i mean it could just be the demo right that it is very uh bare bones in like all you do mm. you basically at the at the root of it you're walking around shooting other players to get resources that's it um and the person who like there's different win conditions person gets the most resources um at the end of a certain number of turns or gets a certain number of resources or kills the the mega beast the mega beast as well they're different win conditions yeah i think that's um, a pretty good thing to, to, to point out like that is how you win because when we were t- t- discussing before we're like when we were playing it last night we're like well how do we what, what do we actually have to do in this game and you're like just kill each other and you're like is that it like, aren't we, like, supposed to dig holes and mine for things? Yeah, I thought, isn't this a mining? Yeah. Isn't this a mining game? But it really strips away any of that bullshit. You just... Yeah, I was there trying to play Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> Fortnite or... My, uh, <laughs> Minecraft. Mining, mining, in Minecraft. Minecraft. Minecraft works better. Yeah. yeah okay. But, no, you want to shoot... Because what happens is every time you do a wound to uh, either the Mega Beast or another player, you they you get a piece of Tezium. And it's the first player to 15 pieces of Tezium or the person who has the most TZM after 10 rounds or whoever kills the Mega Beast first. Um, so that's, you know, that, that kind of gives you a goal to, to, to play from. So that's, you know, super simple, shoot things, get get money, profit. Um, but what's really fun is when you die, which will happen and will happen often, uh, you lose half of your TZM supply and it like becomes a loot box on the ground, kind of like, playing Quake you know guys That's died right. someone dies he's dropped his ammo and his yeah. rocket launcher and everything's just fallen out onto the ground yeah, you walk that's exactly the same and you pick up the stuff that's yeah. right you can walk over it and it just acts like another loot crate you can go and pick it up yeah. and equip the things you want and discard the things you don't um, and then uh, talking about your respawns as well um, I think it's is it raining? yes it's raining um, Melbourne weather there you go yeah um you might be able to, because we are in person as well. I've got like a tin 
roof on the deck so that you might be able to hear the rain in the background. So. Yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't come down too hard, but we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, so the respawn, when you die, you respawn immediately. This is fun. I like this a lot. Um, so straight away, again, same as like your old school Quake mm. or um, like, yeah, um, Unreal Tournament. Yep, Unreal, GoldenEye, uh, Perfect Dark. Deathmatch. Deathmatch game. Straight away, you're straight back in. If that was your active turn that you died in, yes. if you've still got orders left, you can still spend them. Still spend them. Yeah. You get yeah. your you're knocked down obviously back down to your basic equipment, but if you spawn in close to another loot box, you can just go over and pick something, maybe get yourself a new gun or or something out of there mm-hmm. to then be back in the game straight away. Yeah, there's definitely, and there's definitely, I think, an element of that too. I mean, obviously, you don't want to lose your your tesium, but and there's a random element too. So when you respawn, you respawn at random points. You can't you can't game where you're gonna come back on from. But as an example, I think in my game, I I um I died to the mega beast or Hugh or something like that or somebody, and then I respawned right behind Hugh, and I still had an order left. So I was like, sweet, gonna run, gonna run into CC with Hugh. You can't right behind him. Um, yeah. And then, pro- then proceeded to die again. But uh, like, it's, it, yeah, it's it's. And, it's but I, it, heaps yeah, of fun. there was some really dynamic and exciting engagements that happened in our in our session that we had. Mm. Like, for example, at one point, Ben just spent his whole turn trying to kill me. Um, but in ARO, I managed to actually destroy him with like with a close combat attack. Yeah. So then he respawned in an area that was a little bit further down than where he was. Um, I then spent my turn to go to his loot box that he just dropped when he died, (laughs) picked up his rifle, and then spent the rest of my turn just trying to get my revenge, even though I did kill him before, just as payback. Just shoot him again. To start shooting him again. And it led to this great um, uh, interaction where I was using the Eugene tag, the Eugene tag, because of course I was. And... um, it's like once per game uh, special ability can give you plus one burst. Oh yeah, gun. So the rifle that I had uh, went from burst three up to burst four. Ben's over the other side of the table shitting himself, um, but then his was using the Ariadna tag, which its special ability, if you use it once per game, um, increases your armor. Yes. By th- three or four something like that yeah and so three. i've used my special ability to like throw all the dice i can at him he's used his special ability as as like the extra extra block um and that was just a real fun um mm. in uh, interaction that we had in the, in the game so what did we think about how the um mega beasts uh, move i think that was one of the one of the that was, that Look, was something that didn't make sense to us and it was very uh, alien i guess yeah how it works so, I mean everything about the game is a dumbed down version of Infinity except for the Mega Beast the Mega Beast is something new yeah it is and very so different so I think that might be one and I'm, I still don't know if, what we, if the way we were playing it was correct mm. um, we probably have to have a bit more of a deep dive and proper read of the rule set I think, to, I, yeah because i think to, i think this is get my head, head around that yeah because i don't think it's the case of like the rules are badly written it's just that there's a, a fair bit of rules to digest for the mega beast and we were just trying to play it quickly exactly um we so, may have missed some of the ways you work it so i'm not uh, completely convinced we were doing it necessarily correctly mm. um but i think the um like the skeleton of a decent AI system is there. 
in that you've got your cards that you draw and each turn it's like a different mood. And yes. so it tells you this this turn, these are the things that it's going to be doing. This is the of the different attacks that it's got. This is the one that's going to use this turn against you. Um, whether or not it's going to move, what its different threat areas are. I like how that changes and is dynamic mm-hmm. each round. Uh, but in terms of like actually interacting with it and it interacting with us, I'm still just not sure. We, I still can't. I can't explain to you right now how that works. Because I don't have it locked in my brain. Yeah. Because I just still don't have my head around it. My understanding of it, and briefly just for our listeners so we to understand, is is once the Mega Beast is on the table, it, obviously you put it down and you, it faces a, ta- a tag and then you, you, you draw uh, one of its uh, Mega Beast cards and then, like you say, that sort of gives it its mood for the turn. You know, so some, one, of them, one of them was called Sandstorm, which means for this whole turn you can only attack it in close combat, um, but it can shoot at you and it's got like a shooty attack which affects like one uh, hex next to it. But um, if you attack it, it'll, it'll turn, if it's not facing you already, it will turn to face you. Um, but if it can't see you, it'll move to another square where it can see a tag that's active. So it's all about the active tag is where, it'll, where, it, where it tries to move to. Um, and then the other thing is what you were saying about the threat level, which is quite cool, is the Mega Beast doesn't roll dice. It just depending if, depending which arc you're in, like front, Basically, front side or rear, it'll it'll either um, automatically roll. Counter's rolling an eight or a five or a two. Yeah. So you don't have. So you just have to beat that number. Because I know two two occasions I ran into CC with it, and because I ran into CC with it, it, it automatically turns around to face me, and then I have to just beat an eight, and I rolled like a five and a two. So yeah. which do not beat eight. Which do not beat eight, and then you then you suffer the consequences and and die. So um, that. And I, yeah, I think there was a little bit of like, how does it work? Like, when does it do this? When, you know, and there's a little bit of like and or mechanics where it's like, like if it, if it, if it can see you, if it, if it can't see you, it will move to where it can and then attack or it'll just move. So and I like think that. that's a, another part that we didn't fully understand yeah. when like we, we were, were playing it. Um, so there's, there's probably more there that we did miss out on um, in terms of interacting with the Mega Beast. But also the way that the game folded, unfolded meant that for most of the time you were the yes. one who was hitting the Mega Beast was just away from it. everyone else and we were just doing our own thing. Yeah. So we could have played differently to force more interactions with the Mega Beast to experience. Definitely could have done, yeah. If I wasn't just trying to hawk the Mega Beast all to myself. We still we were only we had played we didn't play a full game as well. We played maybe four rounds. Five rounds? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. When a full game would be ten rounds, mm-hmm. right? So um, you are going to have you are the, the Mega Beast is going to cycle through different its different moods and different states, and they will uh, do different things, and it's going to do different things. Um, How long do you think a round would take once you once once you have a pretty good idea of it? If there's four players, like was what what were we four rounds? Maybe like five minutes a player. You reckon? I reckon you could get if if everyone knows how to play. I reckon you could sit down and play a full game in an hour and a half. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Because I think what, what can bog... Well, not, it doesn't bog it down, but what can take a bit longer is when you move out and all three players have arrows. That's true. Because then you go like, oh, I'm going to dodge and I'm going to shoot. And then the Mega Beast does his thing as well. So that can take a little bit... That can take longer because you've got two orders each. It'll happen twice. So that can take a bit more time. Um, the other thing that 
is not included in the demo because the demo is just the tags, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, the game also has the prospectors mm. and the drones. The, the, yes. So you've got your own little squad, right? Um, we don't know how those work. Um, no, or what CB, they do or how CB they did release an image of them. Yes. Or what they do, and it sounds oh, okay. like it sounds like they help you because one of the things that we were noticing is that when you because we kept dying, like you yeah. pick up like, hey, I got some tesium. Ah, oh, fuck, I lost my tesium. Yeah, um, there is going to be a way in which you can like harvest, not harvest, hoard it, hoard your tesium, like store it, store it, so it can't be taken away. Sure. So I think I think reading the rules a little bit closer, it sounds like those the prospector and the remote can help you. With that aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, like store it. Building up your... Yeah, so like the tags, like go around punching all the things and then the prospector and the remote's kind of like coming up behind going, oh, okay, we'll grab the stuff and we'll we'll take it back to our little stash. Sure. Uh, and they'd probably do other things as well, like they'll probably fight and... And I guess that, that would also, like it could come into play with the different tiles, right? The different terrain tiles. Yes. Um, with the different... Because there's different areas. That like was kind of cool zones. Yeah. Because this is the other thing to mention with the game as well. The... Map you're playing on is a hex. Uh, I guess it's like a hex grid. The tiles are made of hexes, but it's not like in Aristea where each hex is a space that you move between, mm. or like a board game. It is still much more um, a tabletop game because you are using measurement rules and me- a measurement tool to yeah. move around the map. the The hexes on the map uh, don't donate. Uh, the hexes on the map. Um, represent different terrain types and those can be impacted by different cards and different abilities and things but they are not movement spaces no they're not they, they can be used for the mega beasts um, movement and range things so for a certain attacks certain attacks, the mega beast for example might impact an entire square or might be measured in range based on the number of squares mm-hmm. because the mega beast itself takes up the whole size of a square right it's, yeah it's big um, compared to the tags, so um, that's something to the, uh, to consider as well. That in more complicated missions that have the full rule set rather than just what's in demo, I think the different terrain tiles are going to come into play a lot more as well um, to interact with those. And they all kind of uh, come back to the event cards as well because the event cards are quite interesting too because they a few times they shuffled order of play. You know, so mm-hmm. it's usually like. You know, this one, two, three, four, and then sometimes it'll be like four, three, two, one, or whatever. It'll move around. So that kind of uh, adds a bit of randomness and dynamicism to it as well, which is cool. And sometimes, like, the player can choose who goes first as well. Like, one uh, a player can, like, switch positions of, of cards if you are seeing a particular opportunity, which is nice. And then there's one that we, we, roll, we, we, we flipped where it was like, for this, for this game or this turn, if you're on an excavation hex, you get plus two movement. Plus two movement. So, like, and you can quite clearly see which of those excavation hexes. Um, so that, again, yeah, adds a bit of fun and novelty and, and excitement to the game, which I enjoyed. It's it's very much a... It's, uh, it is very much a board game. Yep. And it's very much a... Beer and pretzels. Casual board game. Super casual. Um, but I think, there's, I think there's room for that. Mm-hmm. And unlike... Uh, Infinity's, oh sorry, CB's other board game, Aristea. Because I don't like it. I mean, it, Defiance is is a board game, but it's different. It's a dungeon crawler. Dungeon crawler RPG. It's co-op. Yeah. Right? It's different. Um, I'd put this in the same uh, basket as Aristea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aristea is not a casual game. No. The it, t- no. It's, not so. It uh, maybe season one, 
well, not season one, maybe like the first when it was first called, released. When it first came out, yeah, and like a few expansions. Um, but it's got the same, almost as much tactical depth as Infinity, as Infinity does, yeah. particularly as the rosters have increased and the number of players and the, the it's a competitive game, different rules. Yeah, it's 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 right. That's a competitive rule set. Mm-hmm. Um, tag raid. Tag raid is a PvP game. So you are competing against the other players you are around the table with, but you're not going to have tag raid tournaments. No, absolutely not. No, um, you might. Well, you but might it's not. Fun. That's not the purpose of this game. No, the purpose of this game is to have fun. I think so. I think you can definitely. We're we're. Um, I love Aristea, but it's not a pickup game. Yes. You can't just like I love the idea of taking Aristea to a tournament, two day tournament, and then after the, like on a Saturday night, sitting there with a friend and playing a few games. But you can't do that with Aristea. Like, no. well, you can if you particularly you find someone who's particularly into it. Bro, I can I can one hundred percent see at the pub uh-huh. on, uh, in between a two day tournament, people are sitting down playing tag raid. You got three people there. They shout out, "Hey, who else wants to come play tag raid?" Yeah, like, I've never played tag raid before. And like, you will pick it up. Come in, sit down, exactly because yeah. it, because it doesn't. And particularly because the core engine is the Infinity slash Code 1 engine. Exactly, yeah. If you're an Infinity tournament, you already know how to play Infinity. Um, then you can definitely slot into that. And the, resor- that the resources, the, it's just it's just a lot smaller in many ways. Like it's less cognitive load on learning the rules. It's less models. The person who has Tag Raid will have everything anyways. Um, you know, you can say that about RSD. You can say that about Defiance. But... There's way more models there and way more choices. It's just like literally, if you want a uh, blue, yellow, green, or red, yeah, and go. <laughs> and the pro- like the it. profiles for all the tags oh, the are same. the same, yes. except for their special special ability. ability. Um, that's different. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm a from from our game last night. I'm I'm a big fan. Of my I could I could definitely see myself jumping onto TTS again and, and playing that game. Yeah, again the the the. the Okay. Oh, I, w- I will want I want to play it when it comes out yes I just don't know if I want to have it sitting on my shelf uh, that's my problem as well I still, still don't think there's enough for me to back it but I would love to play it and I think people who want to play it should definitely um, back it so I can play it <laughs> <laughs> like please somebody else someone, help, someone get some- it and paint it and I will because um, I guess the, the, the thing that puts people off is that it's not going to be compatible with N4. Have they, like, well, they have probably come out and no, said they that, these, profile, that. these old models will, will not be, have profiles. There will be crossover. There will be profiles. They've said that. It's like, surely 80% of the Aristea players are in Infinity. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they want the Aristea the models for Infinity, yeah. 100% of Defiance models are in Infinity. Yeah. I would, I would be, I mean, I've been wrong before, but I would be very surprised. I think it's more limited. Sure. Right? Because, uh, you know, for a start, if, if there's four It doesn't tags, have to be a good profile. I mean, like, CB, uh, uh, look at Sora Kwan. They, we already <laughs> we already know that CB are okay with, with throwing out rubbish profiles. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that... So I'll, I'll mention a couple of things I didn't like about it. Uh, one of them is, I like, I really enjoyed the TTS one because it was already there. We could play it immediately and I didn't have to paint any of it. Plus... I can't see myself painting tag read. Really? No. It's four tags. Four tags. It's plus the prospector. So it's three, six, nine, twelve, twelve miniatures at the moment. Plus the mega beast. I can't see myself painting it. It's like it's like uh, those other board game kickstarters that you get. All the the one that you had with the cool dragon. How many of those miniatures have you painted? A couple. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. Same second thing. <laughs> you need to have somebody who wants to play it in order yeah. for you to pl- pl- paint yeah. it. And if you've got it, it's going to be d- completely up to you. Yeah, exactly. That thing. What the fuck? That thing is up there. Yeah, it's not painted. Right. We're, talk- we're talking about Kingdom Death. Right. I've got. <laughs> I have. I painted. Sounds great. It I've looks painted like great some game. of the survivors, and I've painted um, probably half of the monsters that I have. Okay. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. So that's my, my, my that will always remain. But but just on the gameplay itself, I overwhelmingly enjoyed it. The thing that bugs me about it is the way you measure movement and range. Because Tag Raid has a widget, which we may have seen on the demo, and the widget bamboozled me for a good 20 minutes until I figured out that I just have to use the widget because by using tape measure, it... it yeah, it doesn't make sense. This is the big difference between Tag Raid and Infinity, or yeah. Code 1, um, in that the way you move using the widget, rather than being from the back back of base to back of base, is or front, front of, base. of base to back of base. Yeah, well, you, so, you normally measure from front to front. That's what I mean. Yeah, sorry, that's what I mean. Yeah, instead of going from front to front, you go from front to back, which means that your um, tag... Like, it's if you've played X-Wing... And the measure, Partly, yeah. and, the measure and the the movement widgets in X Wing or um, uh, uh, Star Wars Armada is the same as X Wing as well, um, where you've got the model, you put the movement thing down, and then you pick the model up and put it, place it down on the table in front of the movement thing. Um, that's how this works with Tag Raid, um, which which makes sense from a from a mechanical point of view because mm-hmm. you don't want to have like the tag on top of the widget. Yeah. You want to be in front of the widget. But the problem, I guess, yeah, with this widget though, it's in, in X-Wing, you've got a different widget for each different movement speed that you're going. If, oh. you're, if your X-Wing's going speed one, you get out the speed one widget. If it's going speed five, you get out the speed five widget, which is five times longer. In this, it's one widget with three different lengths on it. And then you pick up your guy and you put it down at the area that you want it to be on and then you just got to remove the widget from underneath it somehow mm. and in tabletop simulator that mm. is not an easy thing it to does do. not work it doesn't work I mean times to pick up the widget and then and tag, tag. attached to it like, like what the fuck the, the, you'd have the widget down which is like an, uh, the, the shape of a capital letter L mm. right and there'd be a, s- a sliver of the tag touching <laughs> the widget and you're like okay that's where he's going you pick up the widget <laughs> And the tag just comes with it. <laughs> and like, but the, it's funny, uh, particularly with Tabletop Simulator, though, moving models around, how much experience we've had with that over the past 18 mm. months. Um, like, the physics engine inside Tabletop Simulator is really quite interesting in that, like, you'll put a model down on a, t- on a slight incline and it just tumbles off, mm-hmm. right? But these tags were stuck to that widget. <laughs> and they were yeah. not going anywhere. <laughs> Um, so I, I still like you guys started using just the measurement tool and figure out how many inches it's going to be and then how long's the base. Let's just add it to the number of inches we've got. I <laughs> kept tried using to, the widget. I kept using the widget, <laughs> but I instead of putting it down in front of the tag, I just kind of put it to the side and then like yeah. eyeball it. Eyeball it. Yeah, I think I did that as well because because what, what's a bit what's tricky is so the if wid- went, but if you if you were doing that in real life with mm. two hands, one hand on the bottle, one hand on the widget, yeah, it would not be as difficult. Uh, this is more of a gripe with the physics. This of is the TTS thing, but I think what 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 does it, it's just something to get used to because you're sure. just so used to it. in every game I've ever played, forty k anything, it's always. 
front of the base to front of the base or you, back of base to back of base. You've never played X-Wing. I never have played, never played X-Wing. So that, it really, it bamboozled me because I was like, oh, I'll measure the length of the widget. Oh, the, the length of the widget is six inches. Therefore, the tag moves six inches. And then I played, I did it a couple of times and you're like, no, Kevin, they move to the front of it. So then we, I was like, oh, so they actually move eight inches. And then that became a problem because it, it like that made sense to me. But then I think we were dodging and when you dodge, you move one segment. And then we were like, okay, so that is that two-inch dodge? And there's no, it's a four-inch dodge because you move to the... So then in the end, we just stopped using inches. We just said, this is the widget. We'll use that because it's just... It is clearer. And it will be fine when you're playing the game, I think. Our movement was much less precise. Yes. But... We didn't really It's care. the kind of it's game fine. that the precision isn't that important. Yeah, I don't think... No one's going to be like... Uh, like you're not gonna be having a situation tag where you're like, hey, if you if I move here, can you see me? Here, well, if I just inch back, you're like, fucking whatever, man. Like, yeah. do you want to see me or not? Like, yeah. It's 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 slicing yeah. slicing the pie, slicing the pie in tag grade. I don't <laughs> think it's gonna be a, a, an issue. I don't think. I mean, I guess it could be, but it's not designed to be like that. Just do what you want to do, and we're like, yeah, it's fine. Um, so. Was there anything else we want to talk about? Tag raid, the demo? I think we kind of covered, I think we've covered most of it. I mean, yeah, like just like my closing would, like I said before, I'm still, I don't know if I want to commit to actually saying that I'm going to back it. No. I'm closer than I ever have been to saying that I would back it, but I'm still not there. Um, I definitely want to play it. Definitely want to play it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play and, it. And like I was, um, First off, like I said before, I was surprised at the quality of the demo on TTS, but I was also really um, pleasantly surprised by how much fun that we it had was. A lot of fun. I found myself like, you know, visibly smiling throughout the game, just being like, "This is fun. I'm having a lot of fun." Even though there were sometimes interactions, because I will say that the game does feel it feels like Infinity in that it can be really lethal, but it can also be. Just fucking nothing happens. Like if you until you when it was up, the two of us. Yeah. When we were four player, it seemed like that's when the lethality got ramped up. When it was mm-hmm. just you, two, you and I, we couldn't fail armor saves for some reason. Yeah. So but, because you are armor four and you got two wounds, and then your basic gun is a piece of shit. You've got to be mm-hmm. within four inches basically to use it effectively. Otherwise, you're at like minus six, and then if to hit, and then if they're in cover, it's a minus nine, and your BS is only twelve. So you're like, I'm not hitting, and you're only burst one. So therefore, you want to find the rifle to get the burst three and the better range bands. And then I had like the laser sword thing, or it was called laser laser pulse. Oh, the laser no, the pulse rifle, pulse laser. No, pulse la- pulse laser, whatever it was. It basically like, laser cutter, laser whatever it was. I can't remember. Yeah. It's like a short laser, range weapon. Laser it's like, something. It's like a four inch range weapon, but it turns your armor into zero. Yeah. That was my, that was my gun. That, that was my weapon. I wanted to use that all the time. Yeah. It's just like armor zero. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Cool. Um, no, it's good. Yeah, no, I'd actually love to play that again. I know we're, we're out of lockdown, but I mean, I'm sure. Um, uh, well, I mean, I, it's not like the the, ta- the who knows how long the Kickstarter is going to take to land. True. Once, I mean, it goes live. We could definitely do. Uh, we could maybe even do it on the show, like one night, not on the show, but we could we could do another one like that and invite more people yeah. to come to come and play because um, I think it's a lot of fun. And mm. once you once once someone's played a few games, like you know, if we played a couple of games, we'll have. We'll have the rules down pat to a point where if someone comes in, we'll just we'll just walk them through it and they'll pick it up in no time. Yeah. I think we you know, I think Ben and Hugh came on and they were like, oh okay, it, it's pretty easy. Yeah. So, um what else? Is that it? Will I we think so. will we uh um 
Do you want to jump straight into I had, first? I had another like really good salient point that I was going to mention. Oh, do, you, do, you want, do you want me to no, pause it while you think about it? <laughs> do you need no, another it beer? Won't come, it won't come back. It won't come back. Um, I can't remember either. No, it was in it, either way. It was very enjoyable. I had a great time, and um, we will move into talking about frostbite. Sure, we'll have a quick break. Yeah, quick break, and then we'll be back and talk about frostbite. And we're back, listeners, to wrap up the show and talk about frostbite. Or this is the main segment, but it's probably going to be the shortest part of the show. So <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so we wanted to have a chat about frostbite because it's made a triumphant return to the ITS season 13. Um, when was it originally season 10? 10, yeah. I was looking through, well, I was looking through past Comlog and it wasn't in 12 or 11, it wasn't 10. I think it might have appeared as a special mission it in was, one of the ones. It, I think it was one of the mission. It was a mission in um, one of the... Xenotech was season 11. Uh, season 10 was Xenotech because it was also the 10th anniversary. Yeah. Xenotech. Oh, X, right. You know, so X, I get it. Xenotech. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least that was, that's my... Um, it was... Um, I'm tr- sorry, my wife... You'll have to excuse that background <laughs> noise. My wife is currently taping up some boxes right outside the door. So I'm just going to let that... Just let that happen. Um, <laughs> um, it, I sh- I'm sure it, we originally saw it in one of the uh, online campaigns. Yeah, I think it was in, might have been like maybe season nine campaign. I maybe? can't remember, but it um, was. Yeah, I've always enjoyed it. I was very disappointed when it got taken out because I liked it. I liked it a lot too. Um, I wasn't surprised when it got taken out. Because it was a, one of those kind of off-the-wall missions that kind of lived in a narrative play sense. But I, I thought it was a good mission. I think, I think it came did it come in the same time as Unmasking? I feel like both those missions came in and they were both quite... Divisive. Odd, not actually divisive, just oddball missions. Like they, yeah. they were quite different to the other ones out there. Mm. Um, and I, yeah. I think one thing we have seen with a lot of um, in previous seasons as well, there was... Um, particularly since season nine, there was there's always been this move towards having missions that have less buttons, less consoles, right? Nothing's got nine buttons in them anymore, which we did see back in season eight. That's a good point. Nine. Yeah, um, that might be a reason why it was and removed as well. Frostbite's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, um, things in there that you can interact with, which is a big number. And from the perspective of a tournament organizer, if you've got multiple tables, that means you have the requirement of having how many tables you've got times by seven widgets yes. for people to play around with on that table. Yeah, like they, yeah, we, um, we, we got so it rid makes of, it harder. Yeah, we we got rid of um, yeah, like tic tac toe and and uh, uh, the transmit not transmission matrix, although yeah, transmission, transmission one, matrix, but also the one we destroyed them. What was that one called? Uh, people hate it Julian would be like fucking this one shit it, it, that's why it's not here but it's kind of come back now yeah we've got seven also mind wipe has one two three four five six seven eight far out so there's a lots of the you know yep yeah, it's just you know it's, but maybe that time, was why time is a flat circle right <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. we're gonna just give the overview of it again we discussed it a little bit on the um, one of the previous episodes. We'll just, re- we'll just recap that. We'll compare it to season 10 and just look ba- base at the, the, the main differences. And then we'll talk about um, how we play it and um, how it would fit into a mission, into a tournament lineup. So we'll, um, the overview here is uh, kill more army points is worth three. Dominate the exclusion zone. Uh, which is the um, eight, uh, 16 inch bit in the middle, so eight, eight inches either side of the center line. 
um, is called the exclusion zone. That's worth three. Have an active heating unit. So on the table, there are four heating units, two on my side, two on your side. Um, that's one point if you have one, at least one active heating unit and there are three classifieds. So to talk about the, 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 the layout, I guess, is you've got three consoles in the middle, the standard kind of pattern. Oh, yeah, straight up along the middle, along the middle line of the table, yeah. And then in each side of the table, you've got two heating units. The one heating unit is in your, um, is in what's called, is in your DZ. It's kind of like in the middle of your DZ. And then there's one in called, what's called the dead zone, which is that four inch strip. That in sits in between the exclusion zone and your deployment zone. Correct, yes. And that's where the other one sits. Um, and the reason why those heating units are important is because of a rule called killer coal. Killer coal. Yes. So this is a rule that is if at the end of the game you are not in the one of the areas that has an active heating unit... You are dead. Yeah, actually, Kevin says right here that the uh, the load temperature is so extreme that only those possessing personal heating units can tolerate it. That's it, right? Exactly. So, in game terms, all those troopers who are at the end of the third game round inside the exclusion zone or inside a deployment zone slash dead zone, so anywhere on the table, anywhere on the table, um, lacking an active heating unit, must be considered killed by the enemy. This rule is not applied to those troopers who uh, whose troop type is heavy infantry, remote, or tag. And it's not applied to the trooper uh, the player has designated as the snow ops. Yeah, so that's another good rule. Uh, not good rule, it's another rule in this in this mission where uh, if you can think back to data trackers, uh, this is essentially a data tracker that they renamed the snow ops. And like, I mean, data tracker was a thing for a couple of seasons where yeah. it was like just included in multiple missions and stuff. The reason why they're not saying it's a data tracker is because that would, I guess that would just cause confusion. You'd look at that and say data tracker. Okay. What other missions have got data tracker? Yeah, true. Them? It's the snow ops. Yeah. Um, whereas it's not the data the tracker. One. It's the, the snow ops. You, you, you snow patrol ops. Yeah. Um, and this is the only um, mission with a snow, but snow patrol, snow ops. Snow ops. In it. In, in, in season 13. Yeah. So, um, the Snow Ops does get his own order, though, as well. Yeah, so there's a couple of um, stipulations around uh, how to declare a Snow Ops. So you, the Snow Ops um, has to be a model, not a marker. And it has to be on the, deployed on the gaming table. And it can't be a regular or a remote. But it can be impetuous and it can be a tag and it can be heavy infantry, but it just can't be a it can't be a marker and it can't be a remote. Mm. Um, and it gets you like you say, it, gets, it gains its own irregular order. Um, so basically, the idea of this game, of this mission, is you want to get to the middle, push one of the boot one of the buttons to turn on one of your active heating units. Now. The, the people who can, can count will, will have already noticed that there are three consoles and all and four heating units on the table. So, so does that mean that one is always not going to be possible to turn on? So that's that. So that's correct. So one of the interesting things about this game, this one here, is there are three buttons, four heating units. So and it does state in the rules as well that a console can only activate a single heating unit. So there will always be one active, one heating unit that's not active if you've pushed all three buttons. Um, so that's that's an important thing too. And I say um, you will, and it's important because you need to have them on because if you are not a remote, a tag, or heavy infantry at the end of the game, you will 
dead, you'll be dead unless you're in one of those zones that is, has an active heating unit. Now, yeah. just to define... And, and, and with, like, with the active heating unit thing there as well, that means it's not saying that when you turn it on, it only works for your guys. Yeah, it works, it for, anyone, works yeah. for everyone who's in that zone. That's right. And just to define the zone as well, so the, the zone is defined as the basically how one's in the deployment zone and one's in the dead zone. That is what they heat entirely. So it's not like oh. it's not like around that heating unit. It's not it's not like you're huddled around it like a fire. If you're if you have the deployment zone heating unit active and you're in your de- in your deployment zone, you will be fine. Same with the dead zone, that four inch strip. If you're in the dead zone and you've got active heating unit, you will be fine. So the exclusion zone can't be heated. No, the exclusion zone cannot be heated. But there is three objective points for dominating the exclusion zone. Yeah, so it's 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 an interesting blend of um you 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 want to dominate the exclusion zone, but the only thing that can dominate that are heavy infantry tags and remotes. Right. If you don't have that, you can't dominate the exclusion zone. You literally can't because you will die unless you unless you are the snow ops who isn't you know unless you're snow ops. Mm. Um, but obviously, there's also a points three points up for grabs for killing more enemy army points. So you want to stay in the heating units to keep your guys alive, but then also have things that can go into the exclusion zone to dominate it. So. It's um it's quite an unusual mission, um especially because mixed into all of that they've got three classifieds. So it's not just so if you remove the classifieds, it's it's pretty killy. Like you want to have yeah you want to be able to kill things, you want to be able to move the midfield, you want stompy robots, remotes, and, and and heavy infantry to to dominate the zone. But you also need to bear in mind that there are three points up for grabs for completing three classifieds, and also there's it's also a no quarter, so there's no retreat in this game in this mission either. Sure. Um, so I think most of us will have played this mission at least once. This isn't a brand new mission to a lot of us. Um, so I wanted to quickly highlight the, the main, the primary differences between season 10's version of Frostbite and this current version of Frostbite, because it is quite different. So the season 10, um, version had the, so it was three, kill more army points was three, so that's the same. Um, kill the enemy data tracker was two. So there's no no, no more data trackers. That one's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, secure the exclusion zone. So that used to, used to be kind of a weird way that you would win Frostbite. So you used to have to just secure it with your data tracker, which meant that all you needed to do was keep your data tracker alive and walk your data tracker into the exclusion zone and you would get three points. Mm. Um, now, of course, if you we both had data trackers in there, and walked into the into the exclusion zone at the end of the game, then none of us would get any points. So it became a really uh, it was a really focused mission on killing each other's data tracker because that would immediately um, deny them three points and give you two points. So it's like a five point swing. So they've removed that and they've made it just dominate the exclusion zone with anything. Well, obviously not anything, but anything stuff that, that's gonna stuff that's gonna survive. And then have an active heating unit, which is the same points one, but they only had one classified. So what they've done is they've removed the kill enemy data tracker, changed it from secure to dominate, and then added two classifieds. It's basically the, the main difference um, in the. That, that's, in a, it. that's a that does make a big difference. Going from one classified to three is mm-hmm. a huge jump. And they seem to be doing that a lot more in season thirteen. We talked about that last the other episode where yeah. there does seem to be more classifieds in missions like frontline four. I like missions mm. with lots of classifieds in them I know I have complained about the classified deck but yes. I still as a concept I still like it so it, I'm not necessarily against this I like, I like how it always gives a player an opportunity to claw back some points you know like 
I've had games before where you're getting your teeth kicked in. You're like, well, I can do Extreme Prejudice on my Classified. I'll get a point for that. Yep. At least in Frostbite now, you can potentially, if you get the right cards, you can potentially get three points, which won't give you that much. It won't necessarily give you any TP, any VP at the end of the game. Sorry, TP at the end of the game. But you'll have three points, which is good. That's, that's pretty good. Um, the other changes, well, I guess, obviously, we've listed the main scoring changes, but there are obviously more changes between Season 10 and now because we've got the Season 13 rules. So it also has ADS, which is the automatic defense system. So mm-hmm. all the heating units now have this ADS, which I'm just going to say is a bit of a clusterfuck of a rule. Because... <laughs> um, Oh, sorry. I was going to say correction for last or last episode. Okay. We 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 were we were saying how ADS worked, and uh, apparently I'm wrong. We're wrong. Okay. We're wrong. We're very wrong. Uh, I think I said that you can't place D charges on it because it fights back, but apparently placing D charges on the ADS doesn't trigger ADS. You can do it for free without. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which. Sure. Oh, yeah, I, no, I remember this conversation yeah. because, yeah, the, the idea being that you're a demolition specialist, so yeah. it should be okay for you to Let's, put a So you just fucking place them really silently, which yeah. doesn't doesn't wake up R2-D2. He's just yeah. like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll take this. I mean, I think it's dumb, but, I mean, if that's how that's how it's written, that's how it's written. Um, I'll wait for CB to FAQ that. Um, yes, yeah, so we got that wrong last week. I think we got something else wrong, but it was mainly around the ADS. There's also still still people well, who... Also, we didn't quite know how it worked with the ADS CC fixed CC equals 8. Uh, I, I, people seem to really want... People seem to have a hard-on for thinking that's how um, electric pulse... It's still how, it works how electric pulse used to work. And I'm like, show me where... Show me your logic. All, and all they say is, oh, it says fixed CC. I'm like, yeah, and? It says fixed CC. It doesn't mean you always roll an eight. If CB wanted them to always roll an eight, it would they would have written it down. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have said fixed CC. Doesn't that what the word fixed means? No, it could also mean that it's, it says it's fixed. fixed CC. It means it's it fixed does, instead of no, no. It doesn't just say CC equals eight, which we've seen in other profiles. It says fixed. Yeah, which means it can't be modified. It can't, so what's I the can't, difference? So that means it all is always it's always an eight. No, no, no. It means that it can't be modified, as in as in you can't use martial arts to bring it down. Sure. Yeah, so that's what fixed CC8 means. It doesn't mean it always rolls an 8, because they, if they wanted it to do that, well, I don't think it means that. Because if they wanted it to say it always counts as rolling an 8, all CB would need to write in the description of ADS and says, ADS always counts as rolling an 8, that can't so be modified. So does it still need to roll a die? Yeah. At least who, that's my interpretation. Who rolls the die? The fucking other player, obviously. Oh. Okay. Like, I mean... I'm I'm happy to be no, wrong. I, I, I'm happy to I, be yeah, wrong. No, I, I, understand, I understand where you're yeah. coming from. The, 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 it's just the value is eight rather than the result from the roll. It says eight. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't say that the. Yeah, it doesn't say it either way. It's ambiguous. No. Yeah. it's ambiguous. I think people just want it to say that it always rolls an eight, which I don't mind. I'd be happy enough if that was it. But, but if it's if it's if it is that way, it needs to be more clearly stated. Exactly. So. Anyway, back to the, back to ADS. They have yeah, so they have ADS in them, uh, which you can now just walk up and place a D charge on, um, and not get zapped, which is fine. Uh, I don't I don't mind. It's fine. Um, and what was it? Oh yeah, and we also have bike recon on in frostbite. So uh, each player gets a free bounty hunter. Free bounty cool. hunter. Yeah. And there are blizzards, so blizzard zones as well in this mission um, for extra hindrance or helpfulness if you have the appropriate terrain skill. 
So that it seems like there's a lot going on here. Well, bike recon and Blizzard and um, snow ops and yeah, everything. So oh, lots and to remember. And the other, uh, the other uh, reasonably big change from season ten to now as well is season ten used to just be tags and heavy infantry that would be unaffected by killer cold, and now season thirteen includes remotes, remotes which I think well. is a great change because not every faction has that. Like Hackers Lamb, for instance, don't. Like we might, I might not run a, I might not want to run a list with lots of heavy heavy infantry, but I can yeah. run a list with. Like I mean, every some faction got them, oh, but yeah. they're not might not necessarily be worth taking. Yeah. So to expand that out to also include remotes, that's okay. Um, and also, there is no baggage in this scenario, so you can't use your baggage bots to get you the extra twenty points as counting as dominating. Okay. But they will just be an eight point baggage bot. Sure. Um, yeah. So that's that's the main changes. Uh, the other, well, there's actually one other bit I wanted to mention that there is a bullet point on the season 10 um, part about consoles because there was a lot of bit of um, debate when Frostbite first came out as to if, let's just say, Nick, you go up and you walk up and you push the middle button and you say, I'm going to turn on the heater in my DZ. Mm-hmm. And then I go up and I want to push the same middle button. I can't activate another heating unit using that button because you've already pushed it. So why would you push the button? You don't get points for pushing buttons. You do not, but uh, in season 10, there was a line about it saying that it doesn't turn on, it doesn't turn off your heater or turn on any other heaters, but it changes who owns the heater. And there's, oh, and there's because, a point yeah, up for grabs. at the end of the game, you have at least one active heating unit. Yes. So one active immediate heating unit means you were the one who activated the unit. Yeah, but but... Even though it's the one in your own DZ, if I push the button again, it's still on in your DZ, but I own it. Sure. That was how season 10 used to work. But okay. they've removed that. Um, the, there was a bullet point that said how other consoles can be activated again by another player. Mm. Um, but they've removed that bullet point from season 13, which then to me says, once a button is pushed, if you push the one in the middle, Nick, I can't do anything about that button. That so button so pushed, when it says it. Um, have at least one active heating unit. Yes. That doesn't mean that the two on my side of the table are mine and the two on your side of the table are yours. That, no, they're not. Yeah, they, they're anybody's. Whoever pushes them, that's who they belong to. Right. So you can push all three buttons, have the two on your half of the table and one on my half of the table, but you own all three of them and I can't claim that point back. Not that it's likely to happen because you're not likely to push the third button to activate one of my heating units just to get yourself a point, just to deny But then, point. I mean, also, you could... Looking at a, I mean, I don't know if this is going to make sense at all. I'm just going to say it, but like, I activate a heating unit. I can activate the one in your deployment zone. You can if you want to, and then you have the choice of either leaving that running to save all your stuff that's in your deployment zone, or trying to destroy that heating unit to deny me the points. Yes, uh, yes, and that's a good point as well because, um, like I said, because the heating units have an ADS, that means that you can destroy them. Um, and they're like armor two, BTS nothing, with a structure of three. Uh, so they're not too difficult to destroy, but the ADS and the fact that you have to put three one wounds on them does make it a bit harder. Yeah, it means it's not. Um, it's not. A, it's not. Um, and you have to do it with a, a anti anti material CC weapon. Yeah. So DA True. explosive um, T two weapon T two T two CC weapons. That sort of thing. Um, so it's it's a bit um, different. But I, think I mean, in general, I like I like the addition of the ADS. It adds a bit of spice in there to um, until until you walk up and you try and hit it and you roll a one. 
and then it rolls an eight. And then you'll or or, or, or stand. Yeah. Yeah. Stunned. And the fact that and the fact that the ADS and we talked about this in the other episodes, we won't go into too much detail, I guess, but the fact that it does affect everybody. So even if you're um McMurrow with total immunity, doesn't give a fuck you, are, it. Yep. you will get stunned. And it's always a face to face as well, so you can't just berserk it. Um it makes it interesting. I, I, I don't mind it. I haven't played using it yet, but I don't I think it's fine. Um I think the, the, the removal of that part about flipping consoles just makes it cleaner. It, it's kind of like how in Mind Wipe, you know, if you push one of the buttons, I have to push the other one. Like, I can't flip that one. It just, it's just easier. Like, there's no flipping of consoles or ownership of consoles. It's just you flip, I flip, you, so, you yeah, flip. Once, once, a, once a console has been pushed, yes. it may as well not be there anymore. It's, it's there, yeah. It's, it's permanently, it's, 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 it's yours. Um, the only way you can deactivate a heating unit is by destroying it with a, with a weapon. Right. So the consoles themselves, having um, having an active console is nothing because nothing. It's, it's more you use the console to activate a heating unit and it's the heating unit that gives you the points. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So do we want to talk about how we build a list for this mission? If it, In a one-off game. Yeah, sure. Um Like you, you're right now, you're running White Banner. What would you, what would be this kind of the, the units that you'd be like, this is going into this frostbite list. I mean, first off, the three classified objectives mm-hmm. means that you have to have a hacker, an engineer, and a doctor, paramedic. I mean, I'd say no. You don't think so? No. The reason why I say that is because there's a lot more objectives out there nowadays that don't require any of that. All you need is a heavy inventory or a veteran or someone with, you know, yeah, basically a veteran classification or heavy infantry or someone who can just chip somebody in CC. Yeah. Um, there's only, out of 20 cards, there's what, two doctor ones, two engineer ones. There's more hacking. There's a lot more hacking ones. So hacking is, is usually a good one, but I would say that you don't need a doctor. You don't need an engineer. Yeah. Although you could get... You could get because you I think you even mentioned it during the episode. If you flip three classifieds, that's mm. six cards you're getting to look at. Yeah, you know that's that's the third, like more almost a third of the deck. You're gonna you should be able to get unless you get really bad and you get like you know a couple that you can at least do mm-hmm. without having yeah. to think about it too hard. Yeah, although it's certainly it's certainly a consideration. Like you have to be able to factor it into your list. I think. One of the things that I think about for the classified side of things is is if I want to take a doctor, do I really want that doctor just to be sitting doing nothing? Like I, I might want a doc, I might want like a specialist that can do a few things, like a veteran, like a Mukhtar doctor. It's like you know, I'm a doctor and I'm a, I'm a, and I'm and I'm a veteran and I'm a, I've got D charges. I do a bunch of stuff, mm. that sort of thing. Like I mean, just bringing it back down to the objective points, right? Kill more army points. Three objective points. So it's still a lot to do with killing. Um, yeah. Dominate the exclusion zone. Three objective points. So you need to bring things that can do that. You need remotes. You need heavy infantry. You need tags. Um, I've been struggling. In White Banner, I've been struggling to build a list that's got um, a tag in it. I can do it in vanilla, but I can't seem to manage to fit in the way my... Um, and I, I need to work on it more because I really want to run the Blue Wolf. Mm. Um, 
just the way I've sort of I've gotten myself into this list archetype for my white banner lists, and I just can't seem to get out of it. Yeah, right. Um, and it's but the reason why I can't get out of it is because it's I think it's really good the list that I've come up with, um, and it's been it's done work for me for me. Um, but I also want to branch out to try and use a tag. If I if this if I see the frostbite in a emission list is my I'm probably going to have if it's a three day event I reckon I probably three, have day, three day sorry three round event frostbite's going to be the one mission that's going to be have a different list for it and it's mm-hmm. the one that I'm going to put a tag into. Okay, you you um, would value a tag over just having like a couple of inventory and a couple of remotes. I think so. Put your eggs in one basket. Well, or would you have? Like- I mean, if I'm looking at a blue wolf, I think it's cheap enough to not necessarily be all of my eggs in that one basket. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's still fit. It's true. It's what seventy mm-hmm. something points. They're not cheap. Not it's not as, as, it's not, as far as a, as far as an S six tag goes. They're not cheap, but it's not. It's not. It's not. I'm not breaking the bank. Yeah. Right. Um, that's probably what I'd. Just, I mean, that's also more for me personally wanting to put sure. tags. Sure, 71 points. Um, that's, not that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not expensive for it. It's not the cheapest tag, but it's not. It's not. It has. It's reasonably costed. Is it enough to make me run Jujax? No. <laughs> um, that's that's the question I'm asking you, yeah. <laughs> Would you take a Jujax? Uh, like, you can't even run a fucking Harris of them. Ugh, they're just the worst. <laughs> um, no, I'd take, I'd take more Shang-Chi. You know, yeah. What what about what about here's here's a here's a suggestion. What about white banner, Daufi? But it's an exclusion zone. You can't. Um, well, you can still infiltrate to the to the to the dead zone. Dead zone. And be a and be a. Yeah. Okay. I can 50, see that. I can see. I can see that happening. Dauf, 50, yeah. 50 point camel marker. Yeah. Yeah. Swap out some. Um, instead of taking Guilangs, take a Daufi. Um, couple of da- couple of Daufis. Take two down. Two down face. Yeah. Take one that just sits in the middle and the other one that can go hunting. And does stuff, yeah. But that's, that's the, this is the thing that I think is interesting about, about Frostbite is that you want, some of these things you want to be pushing up and, and getting into the midfield and getting stuck into things, right? So you want them to be there. But also you don't want to lose them too early either. I, I played a game of Frostbite and I think the first thing I did was like, like, I said we were a go, and I'm like, oh wait, hang on, this thing's not gonna live till the end of the game, and I need it in this fucking zone. So something like a Dalfay, which is in camo state, mm-hmm. could potentially get make its way into a very difficult position for someone to get at it. Yeah. While it's still in that camo state, that's fifty points sitting inside the area. The same way that um, uh, that I think that I think I've seen you play with your um. The not the specular killer, the or maybe speculo, or what's the one in Hackers Alarm that's um the Fide Fide yeah where you where you put a Fide in front line you'll put a Fide oh yeah up in the front zone yes just okay. leave it there for the game and not do anything with it yeah because it's thirty points that you yeah. have I'm contesting the, you with the whole exactly time. Yes. That you've got to take care of um do the same sort of thing with yeah. the heavy infantry um. I think the other, the other advantage of the Dafe as well is because you can take the hacker who's a specialist mm. who can now also push the button, push the console in the middle, yeah. and then just stay and there then, and then go hide somewhere and go hide somewhere. Yep. You know, go go you know go out, move out, use the melt rifle, kill a few things, then go back and hide. Yep. Yeah. Um, would be something I'd be considering. Yep. Heavy infantry. Yeah, I can definitely see. But um, yeah, what about what about? Um, so obviously these things won't survive to the end of the game. But what about like 
cheaper specialist that can maybe just move up, push the buttons for you, and then maybe like cross over the halfway line and be a roadblock for your opponent to not so they they can't get to the zone. And then you don't we don't care if they die because they die at the end of the game anyway. But they they've done their they've done their job for you without you wasting potentially thirty to fifty points on heavy infantry that you actually want to be there at the end of the game. So at the end of the game, having at least one heating active heating unit is worth one point. Um, but if I can build a list that doesn't even need heating units at all, yeah. If I just go heavy on heavy infantry, like if you're playing um, Invincible Army, Invincible Army, or uh, or uh, military orders, or GSA, yeah, other factions that can run yeah. decent heavy infantry, heavy lists, um, then you don't necessarily have to worry about freezing because yeah, it's, it's a really not good point. You have to think about a lot of those lists as well. Um, if they're heavy infantry. Uh, the heavy infantry is expensive. The cheaper stuff you're backing that up with is often remotes, which are also now mm, yeah not, they can go into the zone as yeah. not not freezing either. Um, that was the big issue that I had in Frostbite previously was that my remotes would always die to the to the yes frozen, to because the, they to don't the need to be in the exclusion zone. I mean, obviously they can to dominate, but they can also just sit back and be cheerleaders that you know will be there at the end of the game. That's right. Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. Just having like three flash plus bots. So if you if you look at the three types of things that are not affected by the cold, heavy infantry, remotes, and tags, you make lists out of that. Not necessarily only out of that stuff, but as like the... So in your white banner army, you reckon that you could lean comfortably into even just heavy infantry and remotes and basically just well, have that. Well, in, in white list. banner, yes, easily. You could do a day off... Day off uh, yeah. Def eight. Well, and you've got long yeah. Long, long yeah. Yeah, oh, long the remotes. The remotes. Yeah, the remotes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, hundred percent. Um, and they've got four deployment. Down fay long yeah. Um, yeah, they got great remotes in in long yard as with with heavy infantry. They got a great selection. Um, Dao fay uh, Shang G, and then Jujax. If mm-hmm. you really, if you really want. Um, Do they have Zhu Yong? No, that's no, an invincible no, army. No, yeah, no, but invincible army can do it as well. Um, with yeah. Zuyong and, and, and Shang-Chi as well. Mm-hmm. So... Does that na- then not make your list quite different to what you're used to like, yeah, maybe playing? it does. You know, it might reduce your orders from 15 down to 12. Or or you might have to have more of these kind of remotes that don't do much just so you can get keep stay the 15 orders. Yeah, big time. So I think it is. it does have a big impact. Um, what about your link team then? Because you're... I know I know you like running, you know, four Zanji and a Shang-Chi... Yeah. You can't really do that in Frostbite. No, so... Um, well, you can. But. It's going to look... I might not even have a five core, right? It, mm. It's going to be... Um, there was a list that I was toying around with that um, I've made for an event that I didn't actually end up going to, um, which had... Uh, I think it might have... If I can remember off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure it was something similar to what we're talking about right now. It had the um, Dao Fei. It had a three-man link of Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. And there might have been a tag in there as well. It was a 13-order list. Yeah. Um, but there was enough tactical awareness orders in there to bulk it up a little bit to not be at a disadvantage by only having 13 models. Um, and 
in the situation where you want to try and focus on things that are going to survive to the end of the game and also not be killed by the cold, expensive heavy infantry, maybe you will have to sacrifice the number of... Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a trade-off. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a trade between do you want the things that will survive in the middle or do you want orders to punish your opponent with like a couple of things that will survive in the middle? Mm. Like, you know, power it all, you know, have a tag, you know, have a normal list where you've got your tag that does all the shooting and then you just have to rely on the tag dominating the middle and having had, having killed enough of your stuff, uh, enough of the enemy stuff that doesn't matter. Or yeah. do you, or do you, do what you, I mean, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking for this one then? Um, well, which faction would you want to be playing? That's a, that's a hard question because I mean, I've, like I, I'd be thinking first of all about like a faction that I'm playing right now, and then see how that would play into Frostbite. For example, we're playing. I'm playing Dasha at the moment, so I'm playing Dasha for the 400 points. But let's just say we're playing 300 points. Dasha have some excellent options for heavy infantry. They've got the Zencha, right? Heavy infantry infiltrating camo specialist hacker. Yep. Yep. We've got the Hulang, another heavy infantry forward deploying with crazy koalas, also a specialist. Um, has access to things like EM grenades that will take out other heavy infantry, D charges so it can blow up the thing. Sensha also has access to D charges so it can blow up the the, the heating units. Uh, we've got um, Zhu Yong who are heavy infantry. And we've got the typical Yujing remotes. We've got the Ru, the Ru Shi, Lu Duan, all both excellent options for um, remotes in the midfield. And then what else have we got? And then we've got Maggie, and Maggie Regard is 86 points. Um, would fit in there. I mean, might not fit in there with all those other he- other heavy infantry. It might be an either-or kind of affair. But I'm also thinking like McMurrow, right? McMurrow, he is a missile. You will deploy him, and you don't expect him to live to the end of the game. But if he can get in there, wreck some face, maybe destroy a heating unit in the process, boom. Yeah. Like M- McMurrow kills things and you he don't, dies. You don't, so. Yeah, you don't care. He's 27 points, or no, whatever he is. He's... He's not that, it's not that expensive. Um, I'll, I'll take him. Uh, the other thing I was thinking of is Saito Togan in Dasha. He's got an explosive CC weapon. He's got, he, he's got Fizz 13 with infiltration. So he can, if you feel frisky, roll that 10, get him across the other side of the board, in a hidden, deploy, hidden deploy state. Hidden right, deploy in, right in someone ne- in their dead zone. In their dead zone, right next <laughs> to the heating unit. And then maybe just leave him there. I mean, obviously, your opponent will know you at Saito because you've just rolled a dice and gone. Anyway, that's happened. And, <laughs> I, just uh, roll, I just feel like rolling this dice. Yeah. Oh, oh, look, it's a knight. <laughs> yeah, but if they don't have sensor in their army, then you just wait until turn three and be like, stab the heating unit, or spend a couple orders, walk into the deployment zone, stab the heating unit, and he's thirty something points. So he's, you know, if you can walk him into your opponent's. Um, uh, safe area, I guess. Then that's thirty points that, that you know you that they haven't killed. Um, so that's that's what I would be thinking of. Um, again, I don't think I'd be running link teams in Dashat because Dashat link teams are quite often bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, like maybe a few bounty hunters backed up with a with a Zuyong HMG. Sure. Um, I don't think I'd be running a, a pain train. It, that's just not my play style. I think I'd be using the individual elements that allow me to position, um, push the buttons, and then you know, um, uh, kind of dominate the midfield without having all of my five guys sitting 
sitting there. Uh, that's how I would be thinking of playing something like Dash at. Uh, Hack is Lamb would be harder. I'd have to um, think about harder about what to do there. I guess I'd still be using the likes of Fidesz, um to over over infiltrate or over impersonate into the uh, dead zone. Maybe use one of them to destroy one of the heating units. Use the other one to go after my opponent's um, pieces that he maybe wants to push buttons with. Because if I can kill the specialists, he can't kill. He can't turn on the um, heating units, mm-hmm. and maybe they've got an army that needs to do that because they don't have that many heavy heavy infantry. Hakazam is a hard one, I think, because a lot of the really expensive, the really good units aren't actually immune to the cold. Sure, um, you know, like Mukhtar. Namur, Nahabs, all those sorts of things will die. So you'd be really looking at the Azrael, the Asawira, Alpha Seed to to do that kind of work. But again, you're you're limited on um specialists in that environment. Um yeah, it's it's that's where that's kinda of tricky. Um I feel like vanilla combined would dominate. Vanilla combined would be really good because they've got some excellent heavy infantry that are also excellent specialists, like the aspects. Um, are fantastic for that. Um, Even just thinking about what an avatar list looks like as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Which often has quite a lot of remotes in there. And bear in mind as well, of course, of the every pilot of a tag is a specialist as well. Sure. So if you if you un, and something that you know I've never done before, but I would love to do is like move the tag up to the console and then walk the pilot out of the back. Yeah. <laughs> use like use your own tag as a human shield. So I think you could do that. Uh, we also haven't really even talked about the snow ops. So there's like you know there's some there's some play there because the snow ops isn't decided until after deployment, you may have some options on who you might want that to be. So again, going back like using combined army as an example, a really good example for that would be um, something like one of the Umbras, like um, one of the Samaritans or the what's his face Norkius. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a hacker. He's six two move. He's fucking amazing in close combat. He's got Protheon, so he just gobbles up wounds. But and if, if you he, don't, if you're not giving your, your uh, if you're not giving your avatar the snow ops order, you're doing yourself a disservice. I don't know about that. I mean, the really? avatar's already got four orders of his own. So like, give him a fifth like, one. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> and put him in its own pool. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you could. I mean, I guess you could. But I was just thinking, you, you, if you make it like 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 an Umbra, you've got a reason because you might want that character in your army anyway, and. Making him making that character immune to the cold and being able to still do that's, all this. That's actually that's a good point. Sorry, you giving snobs to something that is not, not currently yes. immune to the yeah. cold. Yeah, I mean it. Ma- it makes sense to give it to the tag and pump orders into the tag. But then again, it's 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 eggs in one basket, right? You've now put three orders. You've now got three orders on this tag. If it goes down, you've lost three orders. But if you spread it out, put it on a unit that would normally die to the cold, who brings? tools that maybe your army doesn't have i think you can use the snow ops to kind of make up for areas in which you lack sure so using hack islam as the example again i could use the namur who is a 6-2 move light infantry with no one in cap and total immunity but also has a spitfire decharges and an emirat if you then give her the snow ops she's now pushing buttons planting decharges and shooting things with a spitfire mm. and she's total immune so she's gonna like She's going to be able to survive. Yeah. So I think like that has um, that has like some some good some good play there. I think. Hmm. Um. What do is there anything else you want to any other armies or anything you want to mention about building a list for this? I think it's it's 
I think you, know, you mentioned it before in the context of the tournament. Um, Frostbite is uh, a bit of a wild card. Like I wouldn't be putting like if I was running a one day event and I put Frostbite in there, I would want the other two missions to be fairly bland. Not bland. Not bland's the wrong word. Um, there's, I mean, there's missions where that need a specific list to run, right? Yeah, you I, don't I wouldn't run be running out. Frostbite and highly classified in sure. the same one day exactly. because yeah. that just would piss people off. Um, I mean, you can do it. Like, it's fine. Like, I, I, I think I said in the podcast before, I hate it when I go to a, 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 an event and it's like, supremacy, frontline supplies. I'm like, fucking really? Like, no, I don't want that mission. I, I, give me something else. I like all those missions. I mean, the missions are fine, but <laughs> if, 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 if that's like, you know, if people are making these lineups because they're like, oh, because, you know, they're just so missions. upset people. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm here to upset people. Like, it's what we're here for. I want you to think, but at the same time, I don't want to overcorrect and have like biotech four countermeasures frostbite because then it's just people annoying. Won't, people won't come. <laughs> well, no. Well, if they don't come, then they they clearly don't. I don't. They don't care. But um, or they don't matter to me. But um, that it, it does make it difficult. Like as a player, if I see those three missions, I'm like, well, what do I fucking bring? Yeah. Like it 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 feels nice when there's like a. There's been thought put into a list lineup, a sure. mission lineup, where you can kind of see what the TO was thinking. You're like, oh yeah. I mean, it I makes it even more difficult with five round tournaments, right? True, yeah. Um, to include something like this, because with a five rounder, I mean, you to have obviously you want to have a. Do you want to have a wild card in there, or do you want to have more generic missions? Some more killy focus, some more specialist focus. I always like to have one wild card in there, but that's just me. But like the wild cards will will vary depending on what else is around it. Sure. You know, if if you have if you just have like four straight up missions and then frostbite, that's fine. Yeah. But if you've also put in like I say, if you have three straight up missions, frostbite and highly classified, that's probably still okay because your you know your your all comers list might also work for highly classified, or you just or your might, frostbite list might or your frostbite list might work for it. You just have to kind of yeah. tinker it. But if you do, but if you have frostbite. Highly classified and biotech for, and then two other like supplies and frontline, then people will be like, uh, mm. I, don't, uh, I don't know, Avatar? <laughs> <laughs> Just take the Avatar for five missions. Um, I, I don't, so I think that's um, that's something that I think TO should bear in mind. And also, as we said before, it does require seven pieces of scenery, seven objectives, mm-hmm. things. So um, make sure you got enough yeah. if you're having a large tournament. Definitely something to consider. Um, that I don't know. I, I yeah I like it. I, I like it a lot. Um, this mission. I'm glad it's back. Hopefully we get to see you some play in some local events as they come back on board. Mm-hmm. I think um, exclusion zones are actually one of the biggest. Uh, not hand. What's the word I'm thinking? Not handbrake on a mission, but it's a. Uh, it's can. It's what can really shape a list mm. more than a lot of things. Because if you've got a mission, if you're looking at supplies, you're like, cool, infiltrating camo specialist. Go pick up that box, and then you get lumped with frostbite and countermeasures or unmasking, which all have exclusion zones. You're like, well, shit. Yeah. Now my infiltrating camo specialist can move four inches outside my DC. Yeah. Still yeah. useful. But you you do you do look at me going well is it worth it now yeah. do I bother do I just take the cheaper hacker and keep him in my DZ mm. or you know 
um, it's quite uh, that that can be quite oppressive for players. And now that we've got blizzards on there in there as well, um, and the bike recon, the bike recon is actually that's something we haven't talked about much. Oh, you get a free bike in this. You get a free bike in this one. Mm. Who's also a specialist? The bike's a specialist. Yeah, and it, only in the he's not normally a specialist, but in this in, mission he is a specialist. In bike recon or in bike recon, he's a specialist. There you go. Yeah, that's nifty. So that's a free bike that you could potentially and it's fast, so you can get up in time. Eight six move. So in buttons. two orders, it can be pushing a button. Yeah. Oh. So like, and that's a free order essentially. You just so you could always lean into that aspect, you know, eight six, and then book button. Two I, I do, I do like that as like a counter to the exclusion zone, right? That mm-hmm. yes, you can't have anything in there or drop anything into it, but here to to make up for that, have a free motorbike. Have a free motorbike, yeah. That's and super fast and can get up there in two and orders. In, okay, two, two orders, and I fail the whip check, and I'm dead. But it's fine. I've not lost any points for this. Um, although they did update Army recently with the ITS bike. Yeah, but so, it's the same, though. It's just the normal bike profile, except everyone's got access to it. I don't. I haven't played around with Army since then, so I don't know the interaction that it has in terms of making a legal list. Yeah, so it's still uh, borked on the mobile app. So it's it's been added. It says ITS bike recon motorized bounty hunter. It's there, um, but when you add it to your army, it still adds points and an order to your army. So then it's so it may it's, as well not be there then. Yeah, but apparently on the desktop app, it's it doesn't do that. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I was a bit confused as to why it was added at all. If it's still adding points, but I was then informed that on the desktop app, it doesn't add points. So it's handy there because it, it means that at least then you don't have to flick between lists and you can print it off and it's on your list and it's it's fine. It's good. I wish CB would really fucking, I don't know, just play test it a bit. Like ask the obvious questions like, yeah, let's, let's add a bike to the game. <laughs> cool. It's free. Oh, awesome. I, it doesn't cost yeah, any points. No, oh, amazing! Both players, both players get one, which yeah. means that makes it balanced. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do we add it to your army? Ah, uh, right on a piece of paper. When? Ah, no, no. When you deploy. Yeah. But no, it sounds like if it's in army, maybe it's when you pick make your list. Mm. I guess. But I mean, no. we will wait for the FEQ on that one. Um, anything else we want to talk about on frostbite? I think that about wraps that up for me. I think so. Well, thank you very much, Nick, for inviting me around to your home. My pleasure. Anytime, Kev. You're always welcome. Um, I've uh, really enjoyed you coming over and uh, getting to do another podcast recording face-to-face. But um, I think we can finish it up there. So I've been Nick. And I've been Kevin. And you've been listening to The Lost of the Good night.